All right. Ben Hansen here. I'm going to open Jason's mysterious email containing Matt Helgeson's pick for me on this special episode of Crossfade. I'm hoping... Ah, I won't say what I'm hoping for. Let's just see what it actually is. I just received a top secret communique from MinMax Corporate HQ. We got a pick from the head honcho, Ben Hansen. Straight from the top. Let's see what Ben has for us. Prince Paul, a prince among thieves. Now I wish I said what I was hoping for because genuinely I was hoping for a Prince album because I have some thoughts on Prince and I need to understand Prince better. And so what are the odds that it contains Prince twice but is not a Prince album? Girl Talk, Feed the Animals. I know of Girl Talk. I think I've heard them, but I'm not super familiar. I think they're one of those like avalanches, sample kind of things. Anyway, should be fun. No idea what this is. This could be a Prince album, for all I know. I'm very stupid. My guess for Prince Paul is that he has a really deep voice and that drums are going to really stand out on this album. <laughs> That's my bold prediction. All right, Helgeson, let's see how it goes. Welcome to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. I'm your host, Matt Helgeson. Jason Daphne is here as always. Hey, Jason. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? I'm good. This is a very momentous occasion, mm-hmm. and we had to we had to get the top man, the head honcho, the big boss man, El Presidente <laughs> of MinMax Incorporated LLC, a limited liability corporation. Um, ben Hansen is here. Hey, Ben. Hello. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Well, it's it's really. Uh, I can tell. I don't know. By the way, it was your you, idea. You beautifully signed my checks every month. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was your idea, kind of. So you know, we're here at the at the year mark, uh, a little bit over the year mark. But we had some things like the Matt Sweeney podcast. It took a while to kind of organize, and we didn't want to push that. Um, but yeah, basically a year, and I think probably I don't know a year and three months ago, we probably had coffee back when you could still do things like that, and. We, uh, I don't know. I think that was the whole thing was kind of your idea. I think the format was your idea too, wasn't it? Yeah, for the show. Yeah, for sure. It was like when thinking about what podcast we wanted to start on the MinMax network, it was like, well, it seems like tying into Helgeson's love of music is the way to go. And then, yeah, I, I think we had a couple ideas for format, but the idea of that dueling album review show, I, I'm glad that it has worked out. And uh, it, I got to say, I mean, I feel so jealous of you, Helgeson, for, for most things. But the fact that you get to pick an album every other week, like it is so fun to do. Like the yeah. couple of times I've been on this show, it is such a thrill to try and narrow down what you're going to pick. And the fact that you get to do it every other week, I'm very jealous of you. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I don't think I'll ever run out of albums. So, you know, we'll keep, you know, keep doing it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, and, and truly like, you know, I want to thank everyone that makes comments on Twitter or in the, in the supporters discord, things like that. I mean, We've gotten a lot of really nice feedback. I mean, I think that a lot of people, you know, more than I thought are listening to it, which has been a, a great surprise to me. And so it's been really fun and, and we, we appreciate everybody. We had great guests and it's been a really overwhelmingly positive experience for me. And I think, Jason, I would imagine you agree. I sure do. I was going to ask, Matt, what has been your favorite piece of music to discover or listen to through Crossfade in the last year and change? Ooh. Oh, you caught me on the spot. I'm going to mm. have to pull up Spotify. Oh, boy. I, wow. could, uh, <laughs> I, I got one actually, off the top of the dome on this side here. Hit me. Well, actually, you know, 
Speaking of Ben, the James Brown album, Ooh. which I'd never heard on the first episode. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's that's one of those, I don't know if it's a discovery because like when you said it was a James Brown live album from the late 60s, I wasn't like, oh, is this going to be good or not? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I figured it was going to be awesome. You know what I mean? But it was, and I just never heard that record. Yeah. Um, Love Power Peace is the name of that one. Yeah, that one was that one was cool. That one was very cool. I think honestly, a lot of the the in 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 uh, individual picks on the uh, like the Patreon supporters picks ones have been really interesting to me, just because we got to listen to a lot of different stuff. Um, and you know, I I mean, it's sort of stuff. I don't know if I would necessarily like listen to it a ton, but you, you know, uh, was the emo band uh, My Chemical Romance? You know, I just never would have engaged <laughs> with that sort of thing. The other thing, uh, um, Anna Diaz, Frank Ocean, who I kind of knew, but I didn't know very well. Jason, actually, Lucy Dacus, I liked a lot. Ooh. Um, that particular Bjork album, obviously I knew Bjork, but I, I didn't know that particular album at Emily Reese. So Other Lives, that was another good one. I'm looking through all these. We've had quite a few good ones. Yeah, we've had some great um, episodes. The yeah, show. For sure. Uh, and, the, uh, uh, the Van Halen episode is my favorite. That oh, thing man. was so packed full of info. It was yeah. amazing. Greg is, I mean, Greg is truly like, I mean, if you follow him on Twitter, I would consider him the foremost expert on Van Halen, like on planet earth. Like no, (laughs) like no doubt. He's, he, all he tweets about is like Van Halen, like, like super underground Van Halen stuff. He's always asking people like track down these demos and weird, like, where was this picture taken and stuff? He's so awesome. Yeah. I love it. There's a lot of mythology. And and, and like he, he loved like, man, he. He was so generous with his time and just, you know, I geeked out over so many little details and little weird coincidences he brought up and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's been great. Oh, I'll, before we start, I think Ben's going to give us our employee reviews, Jason, real quick. So. All right. Hit me. I can take it. <laughs> yeah. What are, what are what are three things that you think you need to improve upon? Is <laughs> just kidding. And you got it. <laughs> you got to plug that Patreon. I mean, I'm talking yeah. about every other sentence. Just patreon.com slash minmax with two ends. If we can just squeeze it in at least five to nine times an episode, it'd really right. help us out. <laughs> and this and the score is tied to your raise like a game informer. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, so that's exactly right. You, if you get like a 375, I don't know, dude. I don't know if you're going to get that 4%. We'll see. <laughs> um, no, it's been great. Um, so, yeah, Ben Ben is back. Uh like I said, the, the first one was great. That James Brown record, that that was really kick-ass. Um, and now we're back with something. We'll get into Ben's pick here, Girl Talk, which, you know what? On, I'm always bad at remembering things, like on the intros. I actually, I do remember Night Ripper, the first one, yeah. kind of being a thing. And I didn't think of Night Ripper until after. I think I remember that had like surfaced as sort of a, it was eventually released, like it was on Spotify and stuff, but it was like a long MP3. Right. Yeah, it's all released in a weird way where it's like, hey, Creative Commons license, just have at it, spread it any way you can. So the, the Girl Talk albums yeah. are, are kind of a weird one for distribution. Yeah, because I, I think maybe if you keep it at one, like, one long MP3, not divided as tracks, it counts as, like, you're creating a new work of art, you know what I mean, sort of thing, without having to license all these tracks. Okay. Um, Or something. I You know, there's, like, weird ways you can cut it. But I remember, like, getting a download from somebody of it that was certainly wasn't commercial. I think they eventually... Once he got signed, they probably cleared those samples and, and all that. But um, if if people aren't familiar, Girl Talk, it, it's uh, it's like hyper sampling, I guess. <laughs> or it, it's it's kind of there's so many samples of so many um artists and so many like really well known artists that it, it's it's really crazy. How how did you kind of get into Girl Talk? And I guess just you know why 
you picked it, so you know why. <laughs> why? What, why is it important to you, or why did why did you choose this one? Oh man, there's there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, it was. It's so fun to try and narrow down what you're gonna pick. And I was thinking about which album do I actually enjoy listening to the most. And I was really going through some options, and it's like I think Girl Talk, Feed the Animals is the most fun album ever created. Pound for pound, I think it's really tough. Like you mentioned, it is. Uh, hyper sampling. I mean, it is the warrior wear of music, so it's tough to be bored while listening to it. Um, but I'm trying to remember. So it released in 2008, Feed the Animals, which is my favorite Girl Talk album. And I'm trying to remember how I stumbled across it, probably just pirating music somewhere, somewhere it came across my desk or whatever. Um, and then it just really sank its teeth into me. And it's kind of connected to a bunch of different aspects, but. Uh, I think in this era of my life, I was really into, <laughs> this is a very time and a place thing, but very into like YTMNDs and very into like editing and kind of remixes. And this is just the greatest example of remixing I've ever heard. And it's a weird thing because it's like, oh, girl talk, that's a that's a DJ. It's like, yeah, I, I hesitate to call him a DJ. Maybe it's because I think that DJs are, are lame, but at the same time, I think that remixes are cool. And so I don't know how to square those hmm. two with this album. DJs overall. are cool. What's wrong? What's wrong with DJs? I I think just standing in front of a crowd looking at your computer is inherently lame. Oh, okay. In that, I, I guess I yeah. I mean, I, I sort of under. I mean, yeah, like David Guetta kind of stuff like that. Yeah, I don't um, know. But again, I'm a musical idiot, so I really well, could use some guidance on yeah. this thing overall. But okay, well, so you had heard of Girl Talk before, but did you know yeah. this album? I didn't know this album in particular, um, but. AJ, well, let's hear. Why don't we hear a little bit? Because yeah. I think it'd be it'd be helpful for people to get a context. I don't know if you just want to start with the first song, but obviously, you're if you know <laughs> you've listened to music, you're going to start picking up like all the different samples. And I don't know what one you like to start on, Ben. Uh, yeah, let's go with the first one. But let's jump in a bit, uh, Jason, to like three twenty-five or so. I think is a good flavor of what we're working with. Brains on the gate. Hey, pick them up, fuck them, let them lay. Where I'm from, we see a fucking dead body every day. That's uptown. Is this the Sinead O'Connor part? Yeah. She like a crack addict, cause she saw me cooking eggs. She thought I was back at it. I grab my keys, oh, I gotta go. Got my motorcycle jacket and my motorcycle low. They do a lot of pitch shifting too. Oh yeah. Sinead's so pure, man. Don't do that to her. <laughs> okay, there's a there's a lot okay. going there's on. A lot, yeah, there's always a lot going on. So it's kinda interesting. Uh Editorially, just I, I think the world owes Sinead O'Connor an apology for the Pope stuff. You know what? She was portrayed as crazy and all that stuff. And what was she talking about? The Catholic Church's whole child abuse scandal, right? Years before it was all, you know, all over years before the, the Academy Awards. Lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, she was the crazy woman, right? But was you know, in retrospect, you know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but you're totally she's right. Great, great voice. 
by the way. Uh, by the way, we uh, should uh, we should mention at the top. This is going to be a very <laughs> explicit episode of Crossfade. There's going to be yeah, a, lot. a lot. This is the horniest yeah, episode yeah. of all time. So just a heads mm, up for everybody. I don't know about yeah, that. There's a, there's a couple there's a couple parts on my pick that we're just not going to play because they're just <laughs> horrible. God, um, this is like I, I kind of forget like oh, '90s rap skits sometimes. Oh my god. Anyway, we'll get to that when it comes. But I did want to talk a little bit about this. It's interesting because I think that it is. I'm st- I'm sort of old now, so I think, oh, you know, 2008 was like five years ago. It wasn't. Um, you know, it's definitely a time and place record in, in certain senses. And I think it was sort of driven by like, A, Ben, you were talking about, you know, just downloading a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think there was a lot of like, I think it was a confluence of uh, the sort of MP3 culture. And, and now I think these have kind of gone by the wayside with streaming, but MP3 blogs, like Flux blog and stuff like that. Oh, man. Um, And, uh, you know, that was just a whole scene. And uh I think just people, it was the start, I think, of music being accessible. So it was sort of like people were kind of breaking down their sort of silos of like, I'm like a heavy metal person and I like pop music or I like rap. You know what I mean? I think people were starting to get exposed to like a lot more different genres, which I think for younger kids now is pretty common in the streaming age. Yeah. And And I think that Girl Talk kind of is a great way to boil all that stuff down. And the fact that, yeah, so much music was available. Let's compact it down into one album that can barely contain itself. I mean, it's more dense than a neutron star musically overall but i think also at the same time it works backwards where you know i hadn't listened to a lot of hip-hop or rap really before this album you know and so this is like a great gateway to so many things then to spiral back out of like what is this sample here what is this line here and so i think it's a great way to be introduced to new music and you know uh girl talk whose real name is greg michael gillis here um he talks about that idea of like, oh, it's just a way to express my love for this music. And hopefully we won't be sued because we're not doing any harm to anybody. We're just trying to introduce this music to more people in very bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Let, let's, uh, I want to hear uh, the first song, Play Your Part, just because like, it starts off with, I think, one of the hardest, hardest beats of all time. Sure. Spencer Davis Group. Stevie Winwood. Play your part. Like, I love this song so much. R.I.P. Pimp C. UGK. When you do that, Matt, I have no idea what you're saying. This is a Pimp C from UGK, Underground Kings. He died, I think, of a promethazine cough syrup overdose maybe but anyway that was, that was a long time ago i think this is from international see anyway. this is this is what i was wondering with this album because it's so much music packed in here and i was trying to figure out oh, i love this album so much but i was trying to figure out if this would be annoying for you in the same way that like if i watch a tv show <laughs> And there is like a, a video game being played in the background. And I need to like pause it to be like, what are they playing? What are they playing back there? I'd imagine this album will just tear you apart because like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And it just feels like trivia music. Whereas if you're a musical Dude. idiot like me, it's just like I can sit back and enjoy it all. And it's all fun. That's so funny because I literally have in my notes here. Uh, I kind of listen to this like a pub quiz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because like I literally it is kind of I mean, there is a certain amount to where this album is like it, it is kind of like a little kid on a sugar rush where it's just kind <laughs> of like, hey, 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 listen to me. You know, it's like kind of just so hyper and constantly. I mean, he also is it's just amazingly like uh, you know, like low attention span. Like he won't he doesn't let a beat really ride for more than like 30 seconds before they like switch it up into something else. Like totally on every song. 
And so I do, I was getting to this thing where like, you know how sometimes you know something, but it doesn't come to your mind. Uh, the name of it won't come to your mind. So I'd be sitting there like I'd walk in the dog and be like, God damn it. It's like, <laughs> that's footloose or something like that. You right, know what I mean? Right. It must be and, frustrating uh, though. Is it frustrating to listen to because of that? Uh, I mean, I guess I, I did. It was hard because I couldn't listen to this. Lots of times I'll listen while I'm working at home, you know, on my headphones. I couldn't totally couldn't listen to this while I was working because it's yeah. just way too like jabbery and, you know, and, and plus I kept trying to think of stuff. So I was like on walks and then maybe making dinner and stuff. But um, yeah, it, it was different. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely found it distracting sometimes because I would I would always be trying to place like where that little line was from or that little sound or riff. And he'll even like throw in like just... I think he even has like the, the, the classic like Phil Collins like in the air tonight drum fill, but it just happens like one time. <laughs> right. He right. Just, I mean he really he um it's very dense, yeah. And I was I also want to talk a little bit because I think it's interesting, you know, we talked about MP3s. I think also the the prevalence of suddenly, you know, really accessible and pretty affordable um, you know, music creation and you know, digital audio workstation programs, whether I don't know it was Pro Tools or Ableton was back then or you know, Fruity Loops or whatever. Um, you know, I think became very accessible to people that had probably once only been sort of accessible to like, you know, professional studio and producer guys. Um, but I also wanted to talk, there's a couple of things that came to mind kind of for precursors to this. Yeah. Um, there was, there was something called the best bootlegs in the world ever. And it was a compilation. I think it was sort of a not quite legal compilation. It was, it was people like freelance Hellraiser evolution control committee there was like, did you ever hear like Smells Like Booty? No. Which is like Nirvana meets Destiny's Child. Or there's one called Can't Get Enough Purple, Can't Get Enough Pills, which is like D12 and Eminem Purple Pills plus Depeche Mode. It was, it was sort of stuff like that. You know, there's Missy Elliott meets Secure. So, but it I was, it was it. very like, it was just like, it was, it wasn't like what he's doing. It was sort of like this song times this song, right? It was always like, that was the gimmick. It was always like one song plus another song. Right. And they'd somehow, they would meet, beat match it and, you know, pitch shift it or whatever. I remember, I remember that. And then there's also a group called the Avalanches. Uh, they had an album called Since I Left You. And they, they were definitely doing the, like a lot of samples and some, they had like a Madonna sample they had to clear, I remember. But they were a little more arty than this is, I think. But, and then going farther back, there was a guy named Ron G who in, in New York did what was called blend tapes. And at that time, this is probably like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, um, 12-inch singles were kind of what DJs played in R&B and hip-hop. And usually on the flip side, they would have like the acapella and the, the instrumental of of the A side, right? So what he did on like manually on turntables is he would find something that was pretty close like and, and use a rap acapella over a popular of that day R&B song and then like beat match them using like the physical speed control on like his turntables and stuff right. and mixtapes. So there's a few kind of things like that. Um, I don't know if he would be Ron G. I doubt he was probably like familiar with, I guarantee he was familiar with like that best bootlegs thing and also probably the avalanches. But so there were some precursors to this, but this sort of takes it like, like I said, those were definitely the idea was just like, we'll mix, you know, you got your chocolate and my peanut butter kind of thing. Whereas this is like a million jars of peanut butter. <laughs> Just that, being inserted straight yeah, into your veins. Yeah. Which that's is, for the sticker. Yeah. And, and that's why I love it. I mean, it, I love trying to figure out even the math of it, of, you know, the, the beat matching. And you mentioned the pitch shift, but I think a lot of it's just speed shifting. Just like, how can we change the speed of this song to make it line up perfectly with this other song? And I feel like this album is the best of Girl Talks um, 
for like Night Ripper, I think is good musically, not as interesting. And then All Day, actually, which is the next album, slows things down a little bit. I mean, relatively. Girl Talk Slow, which is still <laughs> insane. Uh, it would make somebody, you know, over the age of 60, it would make their head explode. But like, uh, I think they have longer samples in this one, but this album is kind of that sweet spot for always rotating, always shifting through new stuff. That's just so much fun. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, what what else? Oh, oh there's uh, there's something kind of funny, um, Jason, that, that ties into one of our episodes at, of Still Here. Yeah. Okay, yeah, here we go. That's uh, that's Cat Stevens. Really? Yeah, that dude. What? That's a here comes my baby off the Rushmore soundtrack. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, that's the Cat Stevens song that that's was on the wild. Rushmore soundtrack. And then that's the the I get money is the the classic audio two top villain, which is a that I get money is like a super famous like rap kind of you know line that gets sampled. You know? Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. I just thought that was funny. We've I, had a lot of weird like Cat Stevens things in the in the universe since we yeah. did that jason yeah, yeah. i thought you were going to mention uh the weight being sampled from the band in here because i think you talked about that at some point we did we oh is that is that I, this song I, yep I, around I like one, one this is 30 if you want to hear it yeah no black street i like the way you work no I think Jason feels this is a desecration of a great, <laughs> well, great American work okay. of art. Okay, so, so Matt, I mean, you know, Matt, it is. You, okay, it's, so it's, you, it's the weight. It's when the I, weight. When I brought you know, that song, I understand it. <laughs> when I brought up the, the weight before, I mentioned that it was because, like, I learned that song through a Panic at the Disco cover, and I think you went, ah. and then I saw on Twitter <laughs> that Leo Vader's dad gave me like a rolling eyes emoji about that. <laughs> so I take it personally. No, I, I, I like. I think it fits here. The one that I thought you were going to bring up talking about like songs we've talked about before fx twins girl boy song appears in another track and we literally talked about that song on a oh, crossfade wow. community shuffle like that whole thing it is nuts oh, that's i thought right, you yeah. did that intentionally ben i thought you were like what is the album that's going to comprise the entirety of crossfade so far because it's weird sometimes <laughs> it's the past present and future of crossfade all in one yeah. episode here well and jason or sorry not jason i showed jason ben the cat stevens thing so we had matt sweeney yeah you know on last week and he has that Project Superwolf with Bonnie Prince Billy. Literally a couple days after we finished that, they did a cover of Cat Stevens. Which song was it, Jason? When uh, I Died or I'm when gonna, I, when I, I May Die Tonight? I May Die Tonight off the album we did. Oh, weird. Tying into Austin Winter's yeah. previous episode. episode. That's awesome. Look, the Cat Stevens song I'd never heard until the, with that episode. It's probably crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's only so much music in the world, you know? Yeah, it's I guess, weird. But still, it's a weird coincidence. Uh, where did uh, we hear, Matt? Let's uh, listen to Shut the Club Down around the uh, 208 mark. I just love that synth. It's from a Rod Stewart song, Young Turks, from the early 80s. Kind of oh, wow. trying to be like new wave. Get hip to what's going on, you know. I think he's trying to be like Bruce Springsteen, 80s kind of right there, you know. Is there another like genre of of music than like eighties pop that fits so well into this kind of mold. Like, I feel like the, the drums and the tempo and the overall totally vibe of right. most music is like perfectly suited for this sort of collage. Type yeah. Music. yeah. You need strong, clean music. And I feel like that era of eighties pop is perfect for this. And every time it tries to go into, 
kind of metal or guitars. It's, it's sometimes it pulls it off throughout the album, but mm-hmm. it's where it gets kind of mushy, you know. I don't like when it gets heavy at all. I think yeah. there's like a nine inch nail sample, maybe like a one by Metallica. I just, yeah, I don't like when he tries to get heavy. It's he's he should be bubblegum. You know what I mean? Music. Yeah, and um, shut the club down. Also has a section which is uh, help me out, Helgeson, because I realized my my kryptonite, my favorite thing that I don't listen to enough is the rap over strings like rap over a violin or a cello like that is a sweet spot like in shut the club down around like 106 is a good example of that all right okay that's rich boy right there I don't know what that sample is though. It that, is cool. That, that is "Girl Boy Song" by AFX Twin, suggested by oh, Podbot right. for our first community shuffle. Wow. Yep. Okay, I didn't place it with the rap over. Mm-hmm. How is it? I don't know if there's you know what you'd even call that. I don't know if there's go-to examples of oh, if you um, like rapping over strings, this should I don't be your know, go-to like that, album. That type of stuff. I mean, there probably is if I could think about it, but I, I can't think of like a rapper that like specializes in that okay. necessarily you know what i mean but sure. i mean you know that's the great thing about hip-hop is they, they'll take from anything you know but uh yeah that that worked really well I, d- I definitely think the like yeah hip-hop with a more kind of ethereal thing is probably what you're talking about which right. i think is, is, is always cool um speaking of 80s this is just super like fun to me um it's a it's a DJ Cool. The song "Let Me Clear My Throat," which is kind of this one hit wonder rap song. Uh, it's in "Set It Off" at about uh, two fifty six over "Come On Eileen" by Dexy's Midnight Runners. And like to me, this is like probably one of my favorites because it he's like just a super like kind of sloppy and fun rapper, and and he's not really even a rapper. I don't think he's more of a personality, like a DJ. And uh, "Come On Eileen" by Dexy's Midnight Runners, which I think is one of the great like kind of eighties pop songs I guess that's kind of strange. It's true. I love when rappers talk like discos, like super 70s stuff. I love it. <laughs> like really old school. I, I just, I dare you not to smile while listening to this. This entire album is just so much damn fun. What is this? Sam and Dave, hold on, I'm coming. See, yeah, this I think is, it, I think it this is where your down, brain down, is tearing down, your own brain down, apart, down. Helgeson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Jason, can we listen to what it's all about around 320? Forever, 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 ever, 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 ever. You went to school to learn that is a very good drop. Yeah, that works well. And <laughs> 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 
Is that like Bismarck Key or something? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like his beatboxing. Or like Dougie Fresh. There's a great site called Who Sampled that is very good with this album. Yeah, I've been using the Girl Talk Wiki to try and unpack it a little bit because <laughs> there's so much good stuff. There is, um, in Like This, I don't know who this is, but this voice is so good. Like a minute into Like This, Jason. Oh. Yeah, I think I had this down too. This actually okay. ties in to a previous episode as well. Oh. I think so. Yeah. Rock and roll hoochie coo. Yeah. So this is, again, rest in peace, Old Dirty Bastard from Wu-Tang Clan off Ghetto Superstar. Oh, okay. And, uh, but this music, Jason, is Autumn Sweater by Yola Tango. Ah, okay. Oh, oh. Yeah. This is yeah. just, oh, the album. Which is kind of, that was kind of the one we talked about as one of the standouts yeah, yeah. when Charge was on. Okay, so what the name I need to write down for listening to more of is Old Dirty Bastard. Yeah, ODB man. Yeah, he's he was uh, he was a personality and a half man for sure. Only has two albums really. And then he, yeah. God, his voice problems. is so good. Oh God, he's he's like one of the great personalities of hip hop, you know, history to me. Like, yeah, his albums are crazy, man. They're like they're they're <laughs> they're something else. Yeah, you're in for a wild ride with ODB for All sure. Right. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he was the one, you know, like the Grammy, the Wu Tang is for the children. No, I no nothing. <laughs> I don't know oh, anything okay. about music, Elgis. <laughs> no, it just he he felt slighted, um, because they had shown the best rap album at the Grammys off. Like it was, you know how they do some of those like you know best you know jazz album or something like before the TV broadcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they didn't they didn't rap like that. Gotcha. And so when somebody was accepting something for like you know best singer songwriter or something, he he's rushed the stage and then famously you know grabbed the mic and declared Wu Tang is for the children. <laughs> that was like the famous. <laughs> but you know he 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 led a wild life. Let's just say that's you know, awesome. for sure. Um, hey um, Jason, can we listen to uh-huh. the beginning of In Step? Yeah, Roy or- Orbison. Yeah. I think your point about the right place to listen to this, Helgeson, is really interesting. Like, I'm trying to think of what is the ideal situation. Obviously, if you're at a club or something, that'd be super fun. For me, this album has always been playing ping pong. <laughs> it's like... Perfect, seems good. Yeah. perfect place to listen to Girl Talk. Yeah. And then, like, this album has a weird connection to me, too, because uh, in college, I, I dealt a lot with anxiety issues. You know, I still do to some extent, but it's definitely gotten a lot better. But I remember for my job uh, working at a television studio, like a community TV studio, before I had to go record something or do an interview, I remember l- sitting in my car, listening to this album, just trying to psych myself up. And try and just like get over my own anxiety. Like, come oh on, man. Just like feel the fun and then try and just carry that into the interview. So it has a weird connection that way for me. How did the interview go? 
Oh, it went pretty well. Like specifically, I remember doing the interviews for the Oregon Trail documentary, which were released on MinMax oh. just last year, which is wild to think about. But I recorded that first interview in 2009. And I remember sitting Jesus. in that guy's wow. driveway listening to this album. Really weird. Man, that's like a really like poignant moment, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It turns out if you can just psych yourself up on enough girl talk, you can, yeah. you can do <laughs> no, I can kind of see that. I could kind of see that, though, just because it, it's like, it, it's so hyper that there's like really no room for, you know, reflection no for doubt. In, in the yeah. music. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it's, well, just because it's, it's throwing something at you. Like, like I said, I mean, it, it literally is like maybe 30 seconds at the most where it stays the same. You know, it's like the opposite of meditation. Like the polar opposite of meditation <laughs> is this album. And both can help anxiety. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, was this album fun for you, Helgus? I'm trying to figure out. I mean, it's, yeah. I think overall it's a dumb, fun album. And I'm trying to figure out for a musical <laughs> connoisseur, if you just listen to this and say like, this is just some stupid guy in his 20s with a laptop remixing classic songs. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't think it's the deepest album or like, you know, I don't know if I have like a super connection with it, but I, I do find it like clever, you know what I would say? And just is it, yeah, it's fun more in a sense of just like, I don't know. Like, it's cool if somebody knows how to like slam dunk a basketball. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that's cool. It's cool to watch somebody slam dunk a basketball. And that's kind of what I feel like this, you know what I mean? Like the Harlem Globetrotters or something of music. <laughs> like, they, you know what I mean? It's just a lot of tricks and it's cool. And it's like, it's entertaining and fun, you know what I mean? And and I did I did I do like, you know, like I do admire like how broad his uh I guess palette of samples is, you know? And and I think that it was all it's also interesting kind of coming more, you know, thinking of sampling from hip hop, um he's kind of almost doing the opposite thing of like what hip hop producers kind of usually do or used to do, which was like he's 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 using like you know, stuff like the police and sticks and, you know, really popular stuff. Whereas, like, it used to be a thing in hip-hop is, like, you'd try to find, like, this break off this, like, super obscure, like, jazz record and, like, a drum break. And then, like, they would even, like, take magic markers and, like, black out the, the inner ring on a record. You know what I mean? So, like, no one would know, like, what they were they were cutting up and stuff. Oh, so, interesting. But, but he's kind of doing, like, the opposite. It's like, hey, like, you know all this stuff you like? here's all of it at once. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's kind right. of an interesting, like, um, I, I, and the, he does come up with some fun juxtapositions. Like I agree. Here's another one I wanted to listen to. Cause I think I didn't think about this until you said this, Ben, but I do think a lot of the eighties stuff, uh, mixed with the hip hop probably works the best. Um, and I really like, uh, hands in the air, which is a uh, tag team tag team back with their commercial right now. Um, but, um, <laughs> With a in a big country by big country, a uh, they were Scottish, like kind of one hit wonder. Um, but I always like that song, and I think this is a fun kind of juxtaposition of two like way different things. Right from the top, yeah, I think it's at the beginning. Yeah, tag team back again. Check it, wreck it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoice. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy. Yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoa. Upside down and inside out, I'm about to show all you folks what 
it's all about Now it's time for me to get on the mic And make this tag team party hype I'm taking it back to the old school Cause I'm an old fool who's so cool If you wanna get Yeah, I just think that little do-do-do-do thing works really well with this But yeah, they had this kind of like uh, Bagpipes kind of guitar thing Yeah It's really like strangely enough one of the longest samples in the entire album. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but Ben, like, what, what's something else you want to hear? Because I mean, this is like this is one of those records where like every song is essentially like Oof. five songs. Yeah, and, that, <laughs> yeah. and, and also this is, like, this is like the most timestamps probably. <laughs> I know, know, and it's also just one big song. I mean, some of the transitions are just incredible. But um, this kind of goes against what I was saying earlier about guitars not really working well. But I think uh, here's the thing: jumping in at around one minute. I think is a good example of where it does work. Ninety six tears by question mark and the Mysterians. Wow. 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 Is this Kelly Clarkson? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Damn. Oh yeah, you better believe it's Kelly Clarkson. Ooh. Is that the guitar you liked in that track? Yeah, boy, we gotta wait for the the climax here. It's so. I have goosebumps listening to that. I've never <laughs> that really given, was a good song. I've never given a Clarkson shit song. about Kelly Clarkson, and then this <laughs> album was like, wait, that song is amazing. No, that's. I mean, I, I, like, I don't know anything about it, but I remember hearing that song. I was like, yeah, that's a hit. You know what I mean? You can just tell. That, yeah, that was, a, that it was, was incredible. A good one. And the weird um, thing about this album is how like the remixes have been burned into my soul. Like later on, in here's the thing, uh, it plays like a part of Jesse's Girl. And then, uh, pardon my French, but it's like, you know, it mixes up. I wish that I had Jesse's girl, comma, then they add, but I'd rather get some head uh, into that. And like, every time I hear Jesse's girl now, that's <laughs> always like the refrain that's in my oh, head. It's, it's just, it's messy. And that's like one of the few Sorry, times Rick. where I feel like they're trying to play a little more directly with what they're mashing up. Whereas most of the time it's just whatever sounds good works. But there's a couple times in the album where thematically they're trying to tie things together, even like... Uh, earlier on at some point they're mixing up like salt and pepper and nirvana i guess for like kind of era mashups maybe but loosely it's always just whatever sounds good let's throw it together yeah i wanted to listen to uh, one of these actually is kind of a guitar thing but a little different uh, give me a beat the beginning just because it's we're renegade by sticks you gotta you gotta represent that and then <laughs> we'll skip later because i think they do a cool thing I think one of the things that is probably his like, true ability is because you know he's you can pitch shift and you can you know match tempos and you know mm-hmm. manipulate things digitally but i think what his gift is is that he has this sort of weird ability to recognize like rhythms that will go together right 
like how how would you know that like the phrasing and rhythm of that sticks acapella would fit over that type of a beat you know what i mean yep. he seems to have this instinctive uh way of recognizing things that will go together like on a rhythmic level which that's the one thing you can't really fake right you can manipulate things different ways and slow it up and speed it but like mm-hmm. syncopation and tempo and phrasing that's kind of baked into the song or it's not the song right right and i think that's kind of interesting I want to go to 220 because this is kind of a cool thing where it was like, it took me a second to re- realize what the guitar stuff was, but I thought this was kind of cool. It's, it's like Tom Petty and some really hyper drums. And again, it's like, I don't, I don't know how we recognize it like this. It's basically the end of American Girl. that guitar solo stuff it's like it's so weird that he would hear that you know right and i think there's a certain part of the album that you know being a video editor you realize that a lot of coincidences happen you know the classic like hey dark side of the moon you know matched up matched up with wizard of oz it creates this yeah. amazing experience like yeah i understand if you put two things together the human brain will find connections in most things and so right. it's not that all these are dialed in he's an absolute genius i'm sure there's a happy amount of just eh, slapping things together and certain things work and we'll stick with that and the human brain will kind of find the fun within that but mm-hmm. he's clearly talented and i was like yeah i was worried about going back to do some research about him because I really haven't followed him since. Uh, but there's a there's a documentary. Is he a creep? Not that I've seen. I was fully okay. bracing for creep. I was really... <laughs> yes, that, kind of, that kind of era has that vibe. You know oh what I mean? my gosh. A, like a DJ from 2008. White, oh. Yeah, white DJ, <laughs> kind of hipster, 2008. That's bad vibes. 100%. Um, and I haven't seen any stories. Uh, please, I'm happy to be corrected. But I went back and there's a documentary on Hulu that's just one of his concerts and the prep that goes into one of his concerts and what it takes to bring it all together. And I was really bracing for impact watching that. Um, but it's like, oh, he seems just like what you'd expect, which is just kind of humble, weird nerd that just wants to go on stage and play and really has it dialed down to like, okay, uh, people are going to make a mess of my laptop, so I need to cover them in this plastic. So when all the people are on stage sweating all over the place, we can make it work. It just seems like he has dialed in the live performances the same way he's dialed in the music. Um, okay. And I really I really enjoyed it. Like in that documentary, he mentions that, you know, he doesn't want to be called a DJ. He's like, I don't want DJs opening for me. I, I'm actually dropping these samples in live on stage and he mentioned that like Dang. for this one night he had 400 samples that he had to drop God. You know, just the right amount you know the exact right I mean, time which is crazy that doesn't 400 does not surprise me though yeah if he's playing like two hours and he's got multiple albums i mean each one of these songs like when i looked on who sampled i mean most of these songs like because they kind of list it and there's like two pages of them I, it's probably at least 20 unique samples per song right, right. Yeah. i'd say on average and they might be more but um, you know having to line up 400 samples in an evening does give me great pause <laughs> that is oh, that sounds insane. like quite a yeah. few yeah for sure and th- the wild thing is then after all day he hasn't really done uh, a remix album he's been making a lot of beats hmm. for other musicians and stuff but um i just went and checked out like his youtube channel and 
all of the comments are just like, make another remix album, you hack. <laughs> Everyone's just screaming for him to go back to this. And I don't know if it's just legal issues or creative <laughs> issues, probably more legal than creative. But yeah. he's kind of shied away from it since all day. Well, I mean, they had to pay for some of these. I mean, like, there's no way they didn't have to license some of these. He, I mean, I, I don't know. The way he talks about it, at least in interviews that I read, it doesn't seem that way. But I mean, maybe they, maybe he was lucky and they never heard of it. But I'm just telling you, like, old school <laughs> classic rock bands like Chicago or Sticks or people like that, like, they're not going to be cool about it. But if you he think, pays you for think Rod Stewart is going to be cool about it, but hang on, like, but if no he pays for way. one, how is he not paying for? You know, 20 uh, samples well, per track. I don't, that's what I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some way they got around it through like maybe because they're short and they're like not played usually on their own or there's right. some sort of fair usage thing. But I mean, if they had to clear them, like, you know, those old school guys are just be like, talk to my fucking lawyer. Totally. I, I could give a shit about your DJ career. You know what I mean? Like Rod Stewart, <laughs> like you would never even talk to Rod Stewart. You'd talk to like, <laughs> you know, some like 65 year old English guy that like drives a Rolls Royce. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I mean, and probably as like mob ties or something, you know, um, but <laughs> so I don't know. It's interesting because like, yeah, to pay for all of it, it does seem like it would be like unless this record sold like 10 million copies or something. But uh, I don't know. Should we you want to hear anything else here? Um, I, I think I a, I'm good. I think, you know, beat for beat. I think player part yeah. part two, like the final song is maybe the best song of the album, but there's not yeah, like a standout I, moment maybe. Um, I had a I had starting at like 19, which I really like. Sure. And then at 135, they do something cool oh yeah got it 135 that would never mind that would be super expensive but he did it so let's see chili peppers Thunderstruck by ACDC. I love oh, this guitar part. Amazing. Angus, like a he, he's a human sequencer. <laughs> the beginning of Thunderstruck is just one of the great oh. pieces of music. Yeah. I wanted to go to 135. We're at 125 right now, so. Oh, yeah. Let's let it ride. So this is What is Life by George Harrison. Right, right. Not cheap. Speaking of somebody that would not be cool about something. (laughs) Because I don't know if you ever talked to, like, you know, Ben, you probably talked to those, like, you know, Rockstar Games guys and and, MTV Games and EA people trying to do the Beatles. Right. Like, that was like a three-year courtship, you know? (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. John Drake talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Journey! Wow. Yeah, we've gone into full like self-parody territory with this one. Yeah. Suit that thing up, mommy. Make it roll. Once you pop, pop. Jason, did you like this album? You know, I think I'd give it the same evaluation you did. Dumb, big, fun. You know, yes. like. When I'm listening to music, I occasionally like throw a beat over the melody that's not the beat in the song, you know, and I'm like, oh, that was a fun throwaway idea, but this guy has caught those ideas and like 
commercialized them, which I yes. both envy and kind of despise. <laughs> yep, I get that. I get that. But I, I did encourage you both watching. Yeah, good good. Good. But uh, that Avalanche's record since I left you. Oh it's, yeah, it's it's so, wonderful. Like that's a really good record. If you haven't heard that band, no, yeah, it's some some very like you know sample based and yeah, beautiful I, record. Again, like the the history of remixes in my mind. I understand there's a long lineage, but I think for where this album hit the sweet spot was that YTMD era where it's like, hey, we took Kirby's theme and mashed it up with uh, yeah. Drop It Like It's Hot. Like that is <laughs> that is my taste in music right there. <laughs> totally. So this album is just pure that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, it, it, like I said, it, it's an interesting time piece now that it didn't occur to me, you know, that, it, you know, it's, some time has elapsed and this is sort of a weird, you know, I think a lot of music changes are actually sort of driven by, you know, technology changes, right? And, you know, whether that's formats or, or, you know, you know, music production technology and stuff like that, you know, like, and, and I think this was sort of maybe the democratization of, uh, you know, what had once been like to do this album, even eight years before, 10 years before yep. would have been an absolute, incredibly laborious, long mm-hmm. professional studio with like some super engineer guys, you know what I mean? To, to make this. And then by this time it's like, you know, a kid could figure it out. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears. So <laughs> this next one is, um, my pick. It's a very obscure rap album. I think it's one of the great little oddities of hip hop to me, uh, by one of, I think hip hop's real eccentric figures, Prince Paul, Prince among thieves. It's his sort of, I mean, it's really a, like a, I think it was supposed to be like a movie or like an audio movie. It's probably, I don't know if it's concept album, more of like a rap opera, like yeah. Tommy or something like that. Cause it, the thing I like about it is like, he really, it wasn't just a concept album. He wanted to have like a plot and like rappers play characters and there's, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's like dialogue and, and everything else. And like, you know, he carries through this, this, um, you know, kind of very like typical kind of hip hop movie plot. Um, Prince Paul, uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he's been around for a long time. He was in a band called Stetsasonic. Uh, and then he, he really is probably a legend uh, for producing the first three De La Soul albums, Three Feet High and Rising, De La Soul is Dead, and Balloon Mind State. Um, three Feet High and Rising, I think, is kind of a uh, – it's a real tipping point. Honestly, I was I was thinking this was kind of a good match because I truly don't think there is girl talk without Three Feet High and Rising. Okay. Because um, he was the first guy to kind of – he would just take samples from, you know, other like hip hop was generally like, you know, people's parents records. Right. So like James Brown, which we talked about on the first episode, was a huge sample guy. Right. Like, yeah. you know, Ohio players, Gap Band, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, you know, 60s stuff. Right. Like Stax records. And like Daylight, he started to get some like he sampled like the Turtles, Happy Together. He sampled hmm. uh, uh, Peg by Steely Dan. That was uncleared at the time. And then I think he got bit by studio lawyers pretty big <laughs> but you know he was just kind of taking stuff that wasn't considered cool or considered hip-hop and like kind of taking other genre stuff um so i think there is sort of a through line to to what you know girl talk does and in you know this was 1987 when the album came out so it was it was just very different you know but hang on just to be clear were, i mean did you choose this after you knew i was choosing girl talk no 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 okay no. okay that's amazing the reason i chose it ben is because you were on the first episode and my pick was Illmatic. And then you were on the Hamilton. Yeah. And I thought, like, if there is a midpoint between Hamilton <laughs> and Illmatic, totally. it's kind of this, 
kind of this album because it's kind of like a musical in a certain sense. Um, Prince Paul also did Grave Diggers with RZA from uh, from Wu Tang, Fru Quan, Shabazz the Disciple. That was like a they were called horrorcore, so it's like this really weird like horror rap like that. Like One Nine Hundred Suicide was one of their songs. Um, really like dark goth. And then he did something I think both of you would probably enjoy. Um, Handsome Boy Modeling School, um, <laughs> which was sort of this weird um, kind of oddball project with Dan the Automator, who uh, is in Gorillas. Okay, was later in Gorillas and also Doctor Octagon. Um, but yeah, he's done a lot of weird stuff. He's produced you know stuff for Third Base, Boogie Down Productions, you know back in the day. And he's just kind of always been sort of an oddball character. The other thing I didn't realize is that he has another album which I haven't listened to yet. I just discovered this. His second album, the next album after this, is a concept album. And the story of that album <laughs> is a rap producer making a follow-up to a concept album that did not sell well. It was kind of a bust. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so Whoa. I really want to – it's called The Politics of the Business. And I really want to hear this after this because apparently he made an album about how bad Prince of Thieves <laughs> – uh, Prince Among Thieves flopped. That's um, amazing. And the other thing about this album is he, uh, Biggie, uh, Biggie Smalls was supposed to be in this. And they were supposed to meet for him to be a character in this, and it was the day he was shot. Oh, so, wow. oh boy, cursed! And I, who knows? I mean, maybe the album would have you know done a lot better. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's the weird thing is uh, being a musical idiot going into this. This could be one of the top ten albums of all time, and I'd have no idea. And so listening <laughs> to it, I had no idea what the reputation was. So I assumed that it was popular. I didn't know it was so under the radar. Not really. I mean, I think it's kind of now known as sort of a cult thing, and Prince Paul is very like. He's known in sort of rap nerd, you know, he's kind of a legend in that sort of thing. You know what I mean? So I think it's sort of a a beloved, you know, cult thing. And there's certain people that are on it, like, you know, Cool Keith, which we'll get to with Weapon World, is, is definitely sort of an eccentric and, you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was sort of, I think, considered sort of a ambitious, uh, cool thing, but it was kind of a failure at the time, actually. Do you think, so, so doing a little bit of research, it seemed like it kind of got the term rap opera kind of off the ground i mean do you think it was kind of a trendsetter which my main frame of reference for what this is is like trapped in the closet stuff like that yeah i don't i mean i don't think there's really any album i could compare to this which is another reason i think it's kind of interesting i mean okay. it's sort of um I, I don't know i think the fat boys did something called phantom of the rapper and i don't know if that was like a <laughs> rap opera or no no phantom of the rapper was somebody else but i think the <laughs> fat boys did a rap opera but i'm not sure i think the the plot line was pretty sketch. Whereas this is very like, you know, it is, is sort of like plays out like a movie. Um, so anyway, I think in a weird, I mean, I feel like in a, in a way we probably need to somewhat tackle this, like in order and like, cause every song kind of ties into like a certain part of the plot. Yeah. Um, I guess Ben, I'm just gonna throw it over to you. Um, I don't know if we want to, let's, why don't we hear a little bit? Um, I think, uh, you know, just, just to hear a little bit. I, uh, I'm trying to think I think how it all started. I think maybe just starting yeah. there would be a good yeah. Uh, yeah. way to start the thing. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Uh, yeah, tell them to order a chest Keep asking myself, why did it have to end like this? Because with every ending, there is always a beginning. And this is how it started. I think we're losing him. We're losing him. Very Pink Floyd here. Mm. Yeah, totally. Damn. Well, I need five more minutes of sleep. Boy, you better get your ass up and go to work. 
So this is Tariq, the main character, an aspiring rapper. You know you got to go to work in the morning? You better stop focusing on getting your shit straight, trying to get yourself a promotion and stop that bullshitting with your broke ass. It's not all about whips and chicken heads. Better go out there and stop. So there's a lot of acting in this album. It is wild. Some uh, better than others. Yeah, yeah. Got a job and working his way up and all. What the deal is? So they're talking about True, who's an older friend of his that's a little more established involved in some street activities and they're trying to get you know signed basically get get um Tariq signed by Riza from Wu-Tang Clan Tariq boy get your ass up like an all day it's two o'clock and who the knock is Sorry, we've, we've headed into the next track. It was no, just kind of a natural slow, but keep going. Steady slobbing, which is fantastic. Yeah. Then I see a woman looking for. So, this is basically he's a loser. It's yep. kind of the song. Give me five more minutes as we begin in sunshine and in my eyes and done wine and then I vise. I guess the hygiene cleaning song calling to my peoples, then I'm gone. But wait, I know this mama with the cooking. And so, the, part of the joke here is um, this is the beat to an Ice Cube song called Steady Mobbing. Oh, thanks. Uh, so, it's kind of just like he's like a slob. You know, so that's kind of a play on like. Gotcha. Whereas Ice Cube's being cool and badass in his song, this guy's being like just kind of a broke like loser this this song felt like my god finally a handhold because every track before this by the way you should mention this album is 35 tracks long which when i saw i was was cursing your name to the heavens what have you saddled me with man yeah i know no 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 but it's it's fascinating just to go into this thing blind because before this it's a lot of acting a lot of story set up and then this is the first time it's like okay here's just a good fun song fantastic yeah, great beat. That's one of the it's such one of my favorite beats of all time, for sure. Yeah, even um, if there are there's a line in the middle. Uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of acting uh, on this album. But then there's a line in the middle where he's with a lady, and she says, <laughs> "That's my belly button." And then that rhymes with he says, "Hang on, jelly coming." So. Yeah, that's a, that's a good line. That's a good line. Yeah, Jesus yeah, he Christ. premature ejaculates like in in like one minute, and um, then he's off. Yeah, then he's off. <laughs> so I, tell the story. Pretty, you know, I think that's very like that's very Prince Paul to me, like kind of like weird sense of humor kind of stuff. That's the weird thing um, about this album, Helgeson, because it starts out with it, not to spoil. I guess the point is to spoil Prince well, like this, but like there's death, there's cop, I was, cops. I was like bracing for this to be a serious album. And then the more I listen to it, I'm like, what is the tone here? It's it's all over. That's it's what's absurd. weird about it. It's like eccentric. You know, it's just very weird. Um, so then uh, in the plot, basically, he's going to hook up with his friend Shah. Um, or Shah, no, Shah's the rapper. Uh, what's the name in the... Oh, dang it. I can't remember the guy. True? True. Yeah, True is his friend. And this this is another, like, one of my favorite beats, like, of all time. So this is they're, they're hooking up there in the car, and this is, to me is just super fun because it's kind of just like the the fun of like freestyling rap. Yeah, this is over the the uh, young gifted and black by Big Daddy Kane, who we'll hear later. Um, this is just an awesome beat, and uh, like this this to me is just fun. It's it's like the fun of just like rappers just trying to like impress their friends and stuff. And he kind of like he raps, and then like True's like I don't rap anymore. He was like, come on, old man, see if you can still do it. And it's just this is super fun to me. This song, what you got. But that's this horn. I love this beat. Yo, you know what you got to do though? You got to set this motherfucker track on fire though, man. No doubt, man. This is me. I'm saying. Alright. You know? Yo, so yo, yo, yo. Let me feel this shit. Let me see what you gonna do with it. Alright, yo, bust it, yo. I'm a figure like, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like how he started it, but bust it, yo, bust it. Alright. 
rough, rugged and real You love it or feel the shoving the steel in your eyes Then it lies, respect for certain Your neck was certain from the mic moving shit around Then you like you got a groove and hit sound Casey Case, I'm calling the truth But fuck that, you crazy, blaze them Slaughter when you in love times With no prob, the flow robs you in a world Like when your girl's just my pie Bust my style on my grill Sporting the illest facade smirk I gave the girl some club acceptance Cause yo, she's a hard worker Your scarred hurt But you ain't trying to tangle with the force I'm yelling your fuck Yeah, I think that is the most fun thing about this album Is those kind of meta tracks Where in this one Where they start the track by talking about the writing of the track Yeah Or like, you know Later on, <clears throat> we don't need to dive into details But there's kind of like a song they play while they're having sex And then like The fact that they just like play that song then it feels like this track of an album within the album there's like layers throughout this entire Mm -hmm. thing that's really fascinating where like they are allowed to take a step removed because of the context of the story totally yeah and this next one is one of my favorite verses on the album what's up lace your man let me just hear how you enjoy sound do that shit no more come on son this is me your man yeah i fuck it for you i'm gonna do it i know that Start up a little something like yeah. I have sound waves that'll touch you in many places while I race the faces, even number traces in some places. About joining the list of the twist. My mind's a list, I guess that's why I'm sadistic. Cause you don't know this shit you've been starting. My heart and heart ready to put the world on a milk cart. Fuck it, no one else deserves to live. I done gave all I gotta give and still ain't got shit. Why so mad you got a great line. And I'ma pierce his soul and touch the heart of his grandson Cause my lyrics are like being food poison injected through the ear Fuck what you heard, this is what you need to hear Don't sell up something like that What? Yeah, you still got it It's so fun Yeah, earlier on in this track, they they start to like sample Or start to sing like Michael Jackson's Wanna Be Starting Something too For like, oh, there's some fun girl talk (laughs) stuff here Like in terms of just like sampling, referencing other music There's a lot going on in this album Yo, slow down, son Slow down, son The voice of this cop, man, kills me. What's going on, yo? What the fuck? You know how Jake be pulling a brother over because he got a fat whip? True. It's alright, I got it. Alright, alright. Ah, Mr. True. Nice to see you again. License and registration, <laughs> please. As a matter of fact, uh, why don't you step out of the vehicle and come back to my car? Why, sure, officer. Yo, son, you, you gonna be alright? Yeah, yeah, I got it, son. It just, it sounds like a Josh Gad character. <laughs> the cops got this entire album. Ready to bounce. Yo, true, what's the deal? Just had to hit him off with a little something. You know, see, Cypher don't fuck with me. I got him locked down. Helgeson, when you re-listen to this album, do you skip all of the skits and lore stuff? Because there's, there's some good songs Yeah, there's here. a lot. I mean, uh, I think I would, but I didn't, you know, just due to the fact that it was for the podcast. Right, right. But I think I probably, actually a Spotify playlist cutting out the skits would could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I feel like a lot of the songs don't even need the skits. It kind of like has the story baked into it if it's strong enough. Yeah, so I'm trying to think like, is it the call? I can't. I'm trying to think of where we are in the plot now. So the call is probably the next big mover. Yeah, of the plot. Like plot point. Yo, the first thing I'm gonna do is stop off at the crib, so you can call the job and tell them that we're sick or stuck or something. Better yet, yo, how your girl call for us? <sighs> All right, then. I, I see. Now, it's off the truth's house to call my girl, Tammy. This definitely would not be the first time she bailed me out of a situation. She's going to want to know why we both not going to work. I can't tell it's my first day hustling. All I know is that I had to think of something quick. Yeah. So, so basically, True is arranged for Tariq to 
deal drugs, basically. And that, that's what's going to be the plot, to, to make money to get his, make his demo that they're going to send a RZA from Wu-Tang. Right, right. Uh, the track, uh, the other line, around like yeah, that's, 110 in there. Good. Yeah, this is kind of what it's, what it's building to. But this definitely feels like the most Hamilton out of all the songs. And this entire album actually reminds me a lot of Hamilton because you learn from the first track that, okay, uh, True and Tariq end up shooting each other. Yeah. Uh, so it feels a little bit like, you know, Aaron Burr saying, you know, I'm the damn fool that shot him. Like, you know, it is where this, kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know where this is going the whole time, but it still, it still builds up. But the other line, there's even some, some yeah, this, this is good specific one. lines in here that remind me of Lynn Earl Miranda. But yeah, okay, let's listen to this. Well, that's your job that hurt it all. You gotta get fired, Tyree. Oh, hold up, girl. I gotta get this call. Hello? Hey, what's up, straight man? Let me speak to the guard. What's the deal, yo, 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 yo. he kind of busy, yo. Wrench, I, I think he just stepped out. Oh, James, he definitely just stepped money, out. Right? Where's Brian right? on this other call, yo? Peace, what up? Okay, you have fight. I'm calling you to call my job, but girl, this is the last. Right, the last time. That's what you said the last time. Tyree, you gotta stop playing. That's such a Lin-Manuel Miranda line. <laughs> the yeah, last time yeah. is what you said the last time. I ain't saying a word. I ain't trying to jinx it. So you fix it. Tell me, trust me. Something like an interview For more money No doubt But wait a minute Why I'm calling it for truth It's like a hookup with his people I just heard some stories About your boy Tyreek Is this shit legal Love this shit is all legit But check it out I gotta go You gotta know by now I'll do anything for your stupid ass I know that girl Good looking For real But yo This best be the last time Someone called on the phone Someone is ringing my bell Someone called on the phone Someone is ringing my bell Hogeson, do you think that's a Wings reference? No. With like the open the door, let him in? Oh, I thought you meant that someone's calling my phone. No, but it sounds like that rhythm, right? Like open the door, someone's knocking on the door. Well, this is like a quote of a De La Soul song. Oh, okay. Thank you for that context. Ring, ring, hey, hey by De La Soul. Gotcha. But this, yeah, this one is definitely like I like the the dual dialogue and stuff, the back and forth. Yeah, um, this is definitely one of the more like you said, like show tunes parts. Totally. All right, so so next, I think um, this to me, this is like Cool Keith. Uh, ben, are you familiar with Cool Keith? No, not at all. So Cool Keith, uh, how to describe Cool Keith? Uh, cool Keith came up in the mid '80s as a part of Ultramagnetic MCs. Um, it was always rumored that they had broke him out of um like uh, what's the big insane asylum in new york that they always talk about a bedlam i can't remember anyway it was always rumored that he'd been committed to like an insane asylum i'm not sure if that's true or just like myth making he's probably like the uh, first weird kind of bizarre rapper that there ever really was um he's still going today he had a, he also had a project called dr octagon uh project called black elvis um he's just I don't know. He's just odd. I mean, you can probably tell from the song. So, you know, this is kind of Prince Paul. Him and Keith, I'm, I'm sure, have known each other for a long time. And kind of, this is one of the, I think, a really good casting one where this is now, before they meet with the boss, they're going to buy weapons at Weapon World. Um, Crazy Lou is uh, is Cool Keith. And, and obviously, this is like, I think this is a really fun song. And I'll be curious because Cool Keith's style is so, like, I don't know, just singular to me and very unique to himself. So I'm I'm curious what you think about it. Infantry, space text, banana clips, skin penetration, directions, information, roll up your knuckles, get blast in your fingertips, phases with max and handles, clamp up on your hips, infrared beams, so sharp, crease your pants seams, Winchester barrels, I sold them at the Christmas counter. 
with small scopes from miles suggesting to your house With see-through glocks, that's natural, you load with rocks With vinyl holsters, some acid pellets in the box Big tanks, that's German, Spanish stores I be serving Bodegas and trucks shipping weight to Las Vegas If this entire section is where the album just goes to another layer that I wasn't expecting where like the setup <laughs> yeah. to going and, and buying the gun is <laughs> they walk into this environment and there's like the sounds of like Tesla coils in the background like the sound effects mm-hmm. work on this album during the skits is just freaking absurd um, yeah this almost reminds me of like a video game plot you know yeah. like you gotta get all your, you know meet your crew and then get weapons and you know yep I, I, he didn't stand out as much to me as uh, I guess Mr. Large did with my big mm. chance, like starting from oh, the top, man. is where it's like that's a great yeah, that Chub Rock voice is, is just absurd. Oh man, Chub, Chub Rock's really yeah. So we've heard this. So let's go to let's go to my big chance. So this is like you know the big, you know, in like a black exploitation kind of you know seventies film. This is like the big boss man kind of guy, and this is a rapper by the name of Chub Rock, uh, kind of super underrated rapper to me. Like he had a couple hits in the eighties, but not too much. And I, I just I've always like his voice is so big and booming and just I love his flow yo I, I take two yeah ah fine choice powerful yet lightweight and it hides well in your anal or crutch area that's right including your butt pockets yeah, yeah that'll work yo put it on my chest okay gotcha <laughs> well fellas enjoy and please come again don't tell nobody in the project and he's like kind of like that you know what I mean Okay, next stop, East New York, to make you official. Official? Yeah, Mr. Lodge. <laughs> that is so absurd. Beethoven's fifth ass shit. Now, Mr. Lodge was the Oh, sorry, they didn't have... I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a later track where Mr. Lodge actually comes in. Because first, we've got to take the detour for Count Macula here. There's a real there's a real saga happening. This payroll. Captain Tight-Knit Crew. Dealing from drugs. To no, I think Count Macula's later, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's Count Macula, then it's Mr. Between Large. And, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, okay, so. And I was my big. You want to jump into Mr. Large? It's the next song I've got. Yeah, let's, 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 from, let's Well, jump I want to hear Count Macula just because, like, it's Big Daddy Kane and, like. Yo, chill. These guys love Yeah, Macula's Theory. Yeah, it sounds like a Disney song. It's so absurd. All right, tell me this. If you so this is Big Daddy Kane, you know, kind of an all-time great. This is he runs the pimping division of this like corporation. Proof that hoes come a dime a dozen, baby. Some real like dolomite kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I mastered the craft on the way to keep me strong. That niggas wanna keep my name from off their girl's tongue. So many bragging boats and like to play high post. Always promising Thomases and can't cook toast. Thinking that the Mac and game is just a fashion show. Not realizing that the rulers get the cash and go. Pull up a chair, young and notice that the lesson that I'm telling me. How to be a player better than Bill Bellamy. My tongue commits the felony. Here's how I got ya. To do the things your mama told you not to. I shot ya. Collect as much product as my mouth forget And plus I keep my game in order like the alphabet Mr. Spectacular, better known as Macula After Spimpin, a legend just like your Napula Yeah, I mean, going into this without the history It's just so amazing They're like, okay, they're building up this Count Macula Like he's the coolest, biggest deal And then he's such like a detour for the story, you know But it's like, alright, yeah. sure, it's an event yeah. When he comes into the picture <laughs> So then, so now he's met like you know, some of the street guys in a song we skipped. And now he's going to meet Mr. Large, Chub Rock, yeah. which is like the, you know, 
the classic like you know dolomite kind of bad guy can we play mr large from the beginning because this is oh for sure yeah so absolutely fun. this was my favorite track yo, 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 yo chill here goes mr large yo yo what happened to the beat yo die hard give me a beat okay boss <laughs> Just like henchmen. Whether you're thin or thick, whether your girl sucks lollies or just pure dick. Mario Puzo said that I'm the Don. WW, I'm the shit.com. The firstborn gone. <laughs> That's such a 1999 joke. Oh, man. I know. Egypt straight heady. I managed heavy and Riley Teddy. I gave R. Kelly a Rolex with a diamond bezzy. Rock steady. Beg me, consider me stern. The original hoodlum Fishburn had to learn. Super sperm. Caught to adjourn for the mallet. You, you got what I need. Basically, girl talk again. Yeah. <laughs> you know who this sounds like, uh, Helgeson? Hmm. Sounds like Tim Kitzrow. Oh, I don't know that. Oh, from NBA Jam. It sounds like the announcer. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's I didn't know the name. Cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> By the way, if you're curious, uh, www.imtheshit.com, you can own it for 2500 bucks if anybody's interested. Let's, I, let's all get together. We'll buy it for Chub Rock. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The next Patreon nice tip goal. Of the cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs> um, so I want to be careful because there's two skits I really do not want to hear. Is one of them what? the Chris Rock one with my first And the day? other one's uh, Room 69. We're... Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We're going to skip those. <laughs> they're, so they're I'm trying rough. to think like. Uh, so he, st- he goes out. I think put the next man on. Um, that's kind of where he's he, now. He's finally on the job. Yeah, so he get he does really well selling crack, and then uh, his friend True sets him up with like, "Hey, here's a here's a gift. Here's a prostitute." So he goes there, and then the cops yeah. bust it, and then that kind of leads into the Men in Blue, which is my favorite <laughs> yes. song on the album. I think. Yeah. So this one we should sort of preface in that, like, it is you know this is Everlast, who, um, who I don't know if you guys remember like that one song, what it's like. Yeah. Um, from the 90s. That wasn't me. He was kind of on. Um, and then obviously he was from House of Pain. Um, hmm. Jump around. And before that he was uh, actually a solo artist uh, under Ice-T. Um, anyway, so he's basically playing like a racist cop. I think this is actually really, like you said, it's one of the best songs. It's a really good performance. There is kind of a slur in, in a sort of Goodfellas way, um, just FYI. But um, I think this is like, you know, He's supposed to be racist, and like this is, you know, yeah, it's sung from the cop's point of view, yeah, yeah. So, but it, this is really great. I mean, I think this is one of the like you're right. This is a powerful song. Give me some time to blow the man down. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be twisted around and used against you in a court of law. I'll make damn fucking sure of it. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, which you probably can't. What will be provided for you, you stupid, freaking moon bastard? It's the bad lieutenant running up in your tenement. Planting evidence on any black resident. New York's largest crew, it's the men in blue. We stick together like glue and make lies come true. My name's Officer O'Malley. I'll shoot you in the alley and burn you like a cross at a fucking clan rally. I got spicks selling nicks in the LES. I stay untouchable like my name's Elliot Ness. New York's finest with a bulletproof vest. I confiscate the chronic. I let you keep the stress. That is unless you want to try and test. I'm DT undercover. I'll lock up your mother. You're just another brother. You ain't a mafia don Who the fuck's payroll do you think that I'm on? The police department is like a crew It does whatever it wants to do The police department, we're like a crew We do 
whatever we want to do The police department, it's like a crew It does whatever it wants to do The police department I think this sums up a lot of the album where that chorus is like, that's so simple and really bizarre, but at the same time, it really sticks with you. Like, so many choruses from this album, I was shocked by, "Ah, I don't know about this, the first time listening to it, but like, they have been in my head for the last couple days now. It's like, they're really strangely effective. Start running your cash, it goes back to the days of Al Capone and Frank Nitty. Illegal business controls the city. Or what the pity if your attitude's shitty. Fuck my money up, kid, and you'll be doing this bid. If you spill what I did, I'll put a pill in your lid. Or get you busted like a cherry waiting in the commissary. Ah, what's this? Crack? Is that a gun? You stupid movie fuck. You're gonna be doing some real time, son. Yeah, it's so weird to have this storyline about the cops running throughout the album where I fully assumed maybe it's just in this day and age was like oh I assume they're going to be responsible for even worse stuff throughout it but like ultimately it's true and Tariq that take themselves out by the end yeah so from here I think um he gets arrested I think I'd like to handle your time yeah like Sadat X I've always been a big fan of Exhibit from Pimp Your Ride. <laughs> there we go, yeah. Everyone remembers. Yep. Uh, is good on this. So basically now he's in jail. Sadat X from uh, Sadat X is from Brand Nubian. Um, kind of a legendary group. They were uh, kind of the most like biggest proponents of like the 5% Nation of Islam in hip-hop which is sort of like a sect of um, that broke off from the Nation of Islam. Um, so they were like pretty heavy into that stuff. And Sadat, I just love his, he's got a very odd voice, kind of this like cartoonish chipmunk kind of voice. And then exhibit obviously got the gruff kind of thing. And these yeah. guys are supposed to be, you know, inmates that are kind of the classic, like, you know, hassling the new, the new uh, guy on the cell block or whatever. So this, I think is a fun song too. Uh, I've got a timestamp from Ben. Should we jump in? Sure. Sure. You this is your new horse where you survive at all costs. And if you don't, well, it's only your loss. You're only here because you tried to force to be the boss, huh? Handle your time like a man, yo. This is your new home boss where you survive at all costs. And if you don't, well, it's only your loss. You're only here because you forced to was the boss, huh? Handle your time like a man. So it's my 23rd birthday. Drinking Bruno, you know, no matter what it takes, we gotta celebrate. Fuck staying straight. Hand braided by this Muslim cat. Regulate the whole yard, man. We got the straps. Niggas say, who the fuck is that? The X Men rowdy. Getting treated like the feds in the county. Correctional facilities. Basically, you don't wanna fuck with these murders and felonies. Keep me company. And yes, y'all, come on in. All these brand new heifers is so booty ass choke niggas. Yeah, bitch. Welcome to Central. This is Kid Creole from. Uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Okay, like one of the original original rap groups. The the instruments in this song, it's like it's like a mandolin in the background. It sounds like music mm-hmm. from The Godfather. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird choice, but it works really well. At first I was Not this part, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. I love Sadat's all over rhythmically. He's so weird. Bring Frank to say, hey, you'll be all right, but don't act like no sucker. And you ain't got to be the wildest motherfucker. Use control, put a cat in a hole if he's broke. And let him know, I just want to serve my time and go and flow. Later. 
They're basically teaching each other to survive prison, right? Right. That's yeah. the plot right. of this That's the whole song. Thing, yeah. Yep. There's a Handle couple, your time. There's you a know? couple tracks on the album where they just want to pack a lot of talent in there and have a bunch of introductions of people. Yeah. Okay, so after Handle Your Time, he talks to a, a preacher that is encouraging him to get his life on track. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about this album is, you know, a lot of these guys that he cast in this record aren't super famous, maybe especially now. Okay. Um, but like Big Daddy Kane and, and and people like that are like super respected. Like I think Big Daddy Kane, I think is I think Eminem might be his like favorite rapper of all time. You know what I mean? Like was really influential. Sadat X, you know, people like that. Um, cool Keith. So De La Souls, a song that we skip, but you know, he he kind of cast people that are like super kind of in, inside rap people and also the fact i like the fact that breeze and shah i was just saying breeze actually still going he has a under breezely brewing um he put out a record like this year that's really great shah i don't know what happened but they were sort of relative unknowns which i think is kind of cool because if you know big daddy kane like he would do a lot of kind of mackin type stuff or like cool keith is known for being like eccentric you know what i mean so they were kind of playing off their existing kind of personas um, where I kind of like the fact that he he casts like relative unknown rappers in the in the lead roles because they're sort of like they don't have any baggage at yeah. least you know if you were following but like rap. true sounds so seasoned like it sounds perfect yeah oh yeah and they're great and I'm kind of surprised none of neither one of them did more you know or I guess that's the business but you know they were they were really talented and you know Everlast I think is a great example of casting just like you know coming from House of Pain he's got that whole kind of like irish boston you know <laughs> gruff kind of like asshole thing and you know it just works really well so i think let's we should hear one i think part of the skit we should hear uh which is showdown um just from the beginning in his call with rizza because this is kind of like the big like i guess betrayal basically of the whole thing okay son i'm gonna get you out the captain owes me a favor plus they had no search warrant just promise me I'll see you in church on Sunday. Okay, Reverend, thank you. Thank God the Reverend got me out. I only had a day till my meeting with the Woo, and I'm far from ready. So I decided to call him to get a few extra days to get my shit together. So here's Rizza, actually, Rizza. This is Tyree. Let me speak to the guard. Let me see if he's in. Please hold. Tyreek, what up, sir? Peace, God. Yo, I just want to tell you something about tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you know, your man Chua is right here. He just came through, brought me this beat, you know what I'm saying? He made, he just kind of fat guy right here. Well, look, yo, he got some lyrics right here. Yo, Rick, yo, Rick, check it out, yo. I'm going to give your man a feel real quick, you know what I mean? Sign him up, blow him up. Yo, you probably could go do a joint on his album, or go on his LP or something and blow up with him, you know what I mean? His album? Yeah, you know what I mean, Rick, because yo... Right there, you know, at my label, I got room for one more motherfucking act. I got room for one more act. I know that you and your, you and your man, True, y'all boys, I know you're doing your own thing. You got some other things going. So, you know, I'm going to sign your man, True, real quick. I know you'll be cool with that. That was definitely... So, basically, True stole that song they did at the beginning. And... You know, it was time to deal with True on his own level. Then he goes on and realizes he has to kill True, and then yes. they shoot each other. Until finally, but then it turns yeah. out that True. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, then let's let's listen to You Got Shot. Oh, boy. I think this is okay. like this is the big climax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of the the final battle. It's a little video gamey in, in many respects, yeah. actually. You got shot, but you're not, not, not. 
That's Old Dirty Bastard 2 right there. Oh, okay. Ah. Another motherfucking hard rock. If you knock on my door, you better been there before. Cut for trespassing, you know I got the cure. I sleep with hot lead, and it'll be done for me. I let my girl go for my gun my bed. Every man won't heaven, but no man won't dead. It's a quote one said for the dreadlocks head. So I keep my door locked, my gun pole cocked. First nigga to knock, I'm lighting up the whole block. Test me not if you don't want to get hot. Cause I have missing posters filled with all you hard drives. And I suggest if you don't want to get blessed, just remember the way your bulletproof vest. See, that's his trick, Elkerson. He's wearing that bulletproof vest, so then he doesn't die at the end. My soul questing like old westerns, the lowdown gonna die soon. I, uh, I missed the Chekhov's gun moment where he actually talked about having a bulletproof vest before, <laughs> yo, yo. before he was revealed as alive. Breeze has a wild style of rapping too. It's very interesting. Do you, do you have time to explain that? I guess I'm not hearing what's wild about it. Just his, his phrasing and the way he's kind of in and out of the beat, you know what I mean? And like, okay. It's fitted to fitted, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, okay. He yeah, does like jam up, he, he jams up sort of a, a package of words and then kind of stretches hmm. out the next package in a way, you know, you uh, know what I'm saying? There's a moment earlier yeah. in the album, too, where somebody even comments on, like, that didn't rhyme. It's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it yeah, he does, he, he does kind of what they call slant rhymes, where it's like it kind of rhymes, but not really, you know? Yo, that, that's yo, I'm saying my cream I protect, your dreams I respect. A plan that hard rock chick keep me snapping at your neck. I thirst for me. All right, now we're going to listen to, I think every beginning must have an ending, because this is kind of the, you know. And all that hard rock chick going to get you close to the red road. And reach in for your pistol, I can say that. Oh, there we go. have an ending why'd I have to end this way laying here looking back trying to figure out how and why how could someone so close to me hurt me so much we were like brothers damn look at true man I know he's dead I know it if I make it how can I explain this to my mom my girl organization gonna kill me anyway damn I can't live with this shit Oh shit, he's picking up a gun! But then, turns out that bulletproof vest was no joke. Ah, this one's gone. Killed himself. Yeah, what about the other? I think he'll pull through. Apparently, he was wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> ah! I can't believe this stupid motherfucker. True. <laughs> so then, the last two tracks are like 
explaining how in demand True is, and then they play the hit song, A Prince Among Thieves, that True recorded about Tariq, and it's it's really yeah. it's it's a sad one where it's just so yeah this is this is I think this is an incredible track. So these are just DJs introducing like he's he's blowing up all over the radio. Yeah, but like this is like True manipulating basically Tariq's mom and everyone that knew him, trying to paint him as this crazy guy that like became a crack addict while he was selling crack. And basically that, you know, went way off the deep end. And he, so he's basically like rewriting all the history we just heard. And it's really fucked up because it's to his mom a lot. <laughs> right. He's yeah, addressing, yeah. addressing this one like, woman. And the mom So it's kind of a dark ending true. to this. Like yeah. the bad yeah. guy wins and then also not only wins, but sort of reframes himself as the, as the hero. I mean, even this chorus. Yeah. Like, I tried to help Tariq, but he couldn't, you know, I couldn't get through to him. Chose a thought you can't take away. Now, forever sleep is where your body lay. Rest in their peace is what I hope and pray. Shit, what I'm gonna tell your moms. As she break it down in the brother's arms. But she don't know the truth, so I throw on the charms. Started bugging, calling in the work. Captain of the fiends, so they called him Kirk. After he got caught, he got real berserk. Found out he was smoking from who gave him work. I wanted to be the first one to tell you that. Your son not only sold, but he used crap. And this is something that I can't believe. Coming from a prince amongst thieves. Sometimes I wonder if so he had that uh, Captain Kirk reference in there, Algasan. There's another reference in MC Hustler. Tell me if, I, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm getting too dorky for this stuff, but there's a line in MC Hustler where it says, I kick a style like Bruce, rocking this rotten metropolis. Drugs, thugs, and slugs, the scene, it's so monotonous. Is that a DC reference overall, or... Not at all. I mean, it might be, but like the Bruce Wayne Metropolis thing is that. Well, yeah, that's totally. I mean, that's yeah, that is for sure. But it's weird that it's Bruce and the Metropolis. I think it'd be Gotham, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Yeah, the Kirk thing is because they they beam me up. Scotty used to be like crack slang. God, is this all just dissecting lyric sites where you just go down that rabbit hole trying to figure out what all these references are? Oh, uh, I mean, I just knew that from like old rap. It's kind of old. That's real old, outdated type slang. Okay. But. Oh wow, that's amazing. But whoever thought it would have happened to the prince amongst these. Sometimes I wonder, but I So yeah, this is like I don't know, the ending is super dark, actually. Yeah. Which is one of the things I like about this because and, and Jason and I were talking about like tonally this 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 album is so all over the place. Like, you know what I mean? There's there's You know, sometimes it feels like really serious, kind of dark shit, and then there's this completely like goofy comedy and like I was kind of saying it, it ties into like those kind of black exploitation movies in the 70s where you know like Foxy Brown and Shaft where it's like they're just all over the place like serious stuff and like really broad comedy and, and I think I think that you know these guys were definitely of that generation that was brought up on on that stuff they, you know these guys were probably like born in the 60s so like that that era of like you know real 
70s kind of you know pimped out stuff was really their thing yeah and, and you can really tell that by i also love the cover art to this album people should look it up because it's it's totally that hand painted like, really old school style like kind of corny on on purpose right right yeah it's it's it feels like an album they recorded in the mindset of isn't it kind of fun that we're kind of making a movie here it feels like you know you're making a movie with your friends in high school or something for a lot of the skits i mean like that, oh, totally. that room 69 sex track oh geez. i mean like, yeah, it, that, literally, it literally it literally has bad. a boy oing like boner sound effect yeah it. it sucks and the chris the chris rock thing is <laughs> uh some of chris some of chris rock's material is not aged well yeah yeah, uh, but, I'm sure that was all. That's all, Chris. I'm sure, but so I'm trying to get a sense from you, Helgeson, like how much, like how great do you think the actual tracks are on this album versus just is this whole thing a novelty for the narrative angle? Um, I think, I mean, I, I think a lot of these tracks are great. I mean, I think the some of the ones we've covered. I mean, there's some that we've skipped. Um, actually, more than you know by De La Soul is isn't that relevant to the plot, but that I think is just a really fun song. Um, so I'd say, you know, I'd say there's certain ones that to me are like Steady Slob and Just Another Day, or no, uh, Steady Slob and What You Got, the demo. Yeah. Um, I think Weapon World, uh, Count Macula, or Macula's Theory, Mr. Large. Um, a lot of the ones we covered, except More Than You Know is a pretty good standout. I know, Jason, we could even play that because that, that was had a tenuous. They were supposed to be crackheads, but De La Soul is so abstract with their rhymes, it was kind of hard to tell, I think, for people that um, they were talking about crack. Because they just don't really rhyme. I mean, we can just play that because I think that's a really good standout song now that we're kind of gone through. I mean, that Men in Blue song is super impressive yeah. to me, like as a character song. Um, so, I mean, I think it's it's a combo for me. I mean, I think there's a lot of really great rappers on this record. And I, I, I like Tariq and I like um, True's rapping in general. Um, and I think that's important to the success of it. And then there's a certain amount, like just, you know, I've heard a lot of records and I just, I always admire when somebody does something that like, I'm amazed that it exists and that I'm amazed that it happened. And I don't really like, it just seems unlikely that somebody would have ever done this and like actually got it put out. You know what I mean? Right. So I kind of admire those like, you know, just oddball, uh, little oddball things, you know, and I don't think, and it's, it's certainly not, nothing that happened before and it will never happen again. It didn't do well, but you know, I, I, I admire Prince Paul cause he's just a very, uh, he just kind of follows his own muse, I think. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious. Just and now that we're kind of through with the the narrative, like what did like what did you think of it, Ben? Did, was it something you enjoyed, or was it more like you just appreciated? It? I mean, I, I'd imagine that you'd appreciate because you know, as we talked about before, you've done a lot of editing of yeah video and stuff. So I, I thought maybe you would appreciate at least that aspect of it. You know, I think I wanted it to lean harder in a direction. If it's going to tell a serious story, I was waiting for that. If it was going to be a completely absurd comedy, I was waiting for that. But it's right in that middle. It's kind of tough to get over what I said earlier about just that idea that like I think they're just in love with the fact that they can do this, which you know, hats off to them that that, that they pulled it off and and got it on store shelves and stuff. I, I enjoyed it. I definitely was frustrated going back through about like yeah, where are the good tracks again? How many do I have to skip here? I'm actually trying to listen to the lyrics. I don't want to listen to yeah, you know yeah. boyoyoing sound effects and crap like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, like it's it's long. I forgot it's like an hour and seventeen yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's a beast. Like, that's got to be one of the longest. C- this is a single CD too. I remember because I had it. Like, that's got to be one of the longest commercially released CDs ever. Yeah, absolutely. Like seventy-seven minutes. That's really pushing the, I think, limits. Um, but yeah, how about you, Jason? Uh yeah, I was explaining in the break. I really enjoyed like 
the pressure release valve of having just a few character driven songs as uh Tariq is being introduced to the underworld because like it's very plot right off the bat we're you know jumping into the underworld sort of thing and then it needs some space to breathe and like have some like mr large is my favorite track because it's just funny just yeah. funny to hear him rhyming what he's rhyming uh and then as we go we like start to slowly get back into the plot and the betrayal it is a deadly serious plot just with these like little airs of humor and not all of it works like you guys were saying but at least it does provide moments of like okay levity we're we're backing away from the plot for a moment we're going into something some other tone that lets it uh like extend a little more it doesn't feel like it drags often because it still fills in those gaps with something so like when i'm thinking about whether or not it was i enjoyed it i'm think did it did it lose me is there like was it paced well and i think it's paced well for being as like plotty as it is uh i i enjoyed listening to it again kind of like ben my rap is not my main forte so a lot of this i'm sure goes right over my head as far as references and like style and stuff but i'm i'm learning and this is like the most story driven piece of rap i've i've ever heard other than hamilton Both. yeah other than well, hamilton. yeah <laughs> but i mean honestly it's not i don't think it's really less plot driven than hamilton no. i mean it's almost right, right i mean i guess hamilton is definitely more like musical where like it's all dialogue right, mostly right. or inner inner thoughts but i mean it's that's the impressive thing to me is that I think the risk on an album like this, and, and a lot of rap does this where it's like a concept, and I think a lot of rock does this with concepts, like they get a concept album, but then they don't quite have the guts to like fully commit to it. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it kind of becomes this like loosely associated songs. If you kind of squint and you know what the plot's supposed to be in your head, you know what I mean? You can kind of like understand it, but it, like they don't commit to like having the dialogue and, and like, you know, because you have to say like th- there's a plot here that anyone can follow right right like with dialogue from a to b to z and it's done you know what i mean so i, I do admire that also just before I, m- I mentioned earlier but uh if people are interested in prince paul i think a lot of people would like uh so how's your girl by handsome boy modeling school it's got people like Dell the funky homo sapien mike d from beastie boys uh actually sadat x from this is on there um dj shadow uh sean lennon <laughs> Uh, oh. LP from Run the Jewels is on it, so like it's 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 kind of cool. It's a really you know eccentric album in a totally different way, but and also Dan the Automator is his partner in that uh, co producer. So it, you know he he did a lot of that Gorillas stuff. I know that you know obviously a lot of people like Gorillas, so it's mm-hmm. uh, I think that's it. one people should check out if you're if you're interested in more Prince Paul. And obviously the the first three De La Soul albums, unfortunately, due to licensing and sampling and the fact that. Tommy Boy Records was like the worst fucking label of all time. It's not available on streaming hmm. because of sample clearance and stuff, but that's unfortunate, but you can find that, you know, floating around somewhere on the internet. So gotcha. I'd, I'd encourage people to check that out. Cool. Should we do some Great. community questions? I think so. If you got time, Ben. Yeah, for sure. You got time to support the show on your network. <laughs> yeah, uh, anytime. <laughs> This is, of course, a show on the MinMax Network. We are supported by patrons like our listeners. You can find us at patreon.com slash MinMax. That's MinMax, M-I-N-N with two N's, M-A-X. You get access to the Discord. You get special shows. You get uh, community involvement. What else do they get, Ben? They can compete in Trivia Tower, which is our big community trivia show. Happens every month where you can win an Astro headset and game codes and put your knowledge of video games to the test. It's It's a really fun time. And... Not only that, you also get to submit questions and songs for us to answer and listen to on this show, like the ones I'm about to pull up. Uh, The one from Robbie Flanagan this week says, Ahoy, I have recently been dipping into artists that I haven't listened to in some time for a nice nostalgia binge. Are there any artists or albums that you guys reach for when a nostalgia wave washes over you? Absolutely adore the show. Y'all are amazing. Uh, Ben. Ooh, um, yeah. 
it's one that I had on my short list, um, but it maybe is too obscure for crossfade. But uh, my maybe number one nostalgia album is Bad Astronauts Acrophobe. Helgeson, hmm. do you remember Bad Astronaut at all? No. I mean, the name is vaguely familiar, but no. Yeah, so it's, I don't it's know Joey Cape from Lagwagon. It's a kind of spinoff oh, of Lagwagon. <laughs> yeah, but it's freaking awesome. Like, I'm sorry, just some Lagwagon, just like, oh my. So like a Suicide Machines lag wagon. What the fuck? It's it's oh in that God. it's in that realm, yeah. But their first this is like we're talking. This is very like two o'clock in the afternoon warp tour. <laughs> yeah, right? so there's the time <laughs> the and the stage. place. Yes, exactly where Bad Astronaut uh, should be. But their first album, Acrophobe, it meant the world to me. I still absolutely love it. I'm sure you would you would scoff yourself to death, Helgeson, if you ever listened to Bad Astronaut. Like, they do a punk rock cover of Elliot Smith's Needle in the Hay that I would imagine oh, wow. would make your skin crawl. Wow. But other than that, I think that album's super fun. And so that's that's my... Oh, I could, I could totally hear that now. Because it's a it's a quiet song, but it has a very... Yeah, you got it. You know, it's got a very, like... It's got it's got almost like a punk guitar part, in a way, just quiet. Yeah, yeah, it's the first version of that song that I ever heard. But that's definitely my go-to for a good nostalgic blast. Nice. Matt? Um, man, I, you know, honestly, probably Creedence Clearwater Revival, just because that was like the first music I ever liked. That was my dad's had this record. And I just, and there's this Rolling Stones record called Hot Rocks. It's kind of his two LP, like greatest hits. I remember them a lot. Um, you know, certain things like Led Zeppelin. I remember hearing like Led Zeppelin for the first time, like Led Zeppelin four from like somebody's like older uncle, you know what I mean? Who's kind of like a Camaro type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so just certain things like that. I mean, a lot of things I guess I have nostalgia for, but, um, and actually just because, um, it's just stuff that no one would know, like bands like, uh, from Minneapolis that I, you know, like rank strangers, stunning, uh, blind shake, uh, just bands when I was playing in bands a lot that I really liked back then. And they were sort of, you know, I guess it would mean something to like, you know, 300 people in Minneapolis of, a certain age, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's more of just because like, it was like, that's what I was doing at that time. And I wasn't going to bars a lot and seeing bands a lot and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. What about you, Jason? Uh, I got to say the Allman Brothers 21st Century Masters, I think those collections are called. Uh, I grew up on a lot of like uh, hippie and Southern rock because of my mom's general leanings. Just memories around those albums and long car trips with that album. It's just like, I turn to this when I almost like when I need that feeling again from, um, you know, years ago, big van, nine kids and, and a long road trip. It's just, it's unbeatable. Uh, also the Almond brothers, my dog can't stand them. So it's a fun. <laughs> listen once oh, in a while. Did you have another oh, one? Well, no, this is just like a game informer tie in for Ooh. game informer bands, but, um, two albums, uh, uh, um, archers, a loaf, um, icky metal, um, when I first met Andy McNamara, I met him before Game Informer in a band he was in, and I became the bass player. So the band Archers of Loaf, their album, their first album, Icky Metal, which I love that album. And then our friend Bill made us a mixtape that we had in the van of the band Super Chunk. So it's not an album, but like we we listened to that Super Chunk tape in this like nineteen like seventy or eighty one van, or it was horrible, huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so old and like breaking down all the time. Uh, it had a cassette player. So we had a we had a cassette of this uh, super chunk, the band Super Chunk, and um, yeah. I so just those are two things. It's just like my first band I was in. It's like when I met Andy and stuff like that. And so those two those two things I, I think about. 
Uh, okay, so our next question comes from Tom Blackburn, who says, if you had to choose between music, never again having singers, or never again having drums, which would you choose? <laughs> this is probably the easiest question Ooh. we've had on oh, any... Okay. I don't know if I feel that way. Maybe I'm too... Drums, like drums, a th- like a thousand percent drums. They got to go? No, they got to stay. Oh, Whoa. so you're getting rid of lyrics. Vocals got to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, it's not even close. Like, it's, it's, it's truly not close. I think I might be the opposite. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> just for... See, without rhythm to me, like, wh- I mean, not that there, there can be things without drums that are good, but, you know, I just, I, I couldn't live without rhythm you know, in music. Yeah, what about, like, uh, if somebody's playing an acoustic guitar, are they still allowed to kind of, like, bang on the guitars they're going? Kind of, are they working around drums in some creative ways? There's maybe yeah. ways to get I mean, around if you it. Want. I mean, you could do that kind of thing yeah. or something. I mean, yeah, that's not really going to, like, scratch that itch for you. All right, I get but, it. Yeah, I mean, so you, so you, you would take, you would probably take, like, well, you know, I guess without drums. Without drums, you could, I don't think there would be a law because you wouldn't have to listen to music with vocals. So you could listen to like classical music. Right. Some of it. Yeah. But some of it has like those big timpanies. So that would disqualify certain ones. <laughs> what a weird um, question. <laughs> but uh, no, to me, like, I, and plus, I, honestly, like, there's so much jazz. There's so much, you know, other stuff, like, that you could listen to, you know, and instrumental rock and stuff like that. So, I think I would just no, miss I, I would, lyrics so much. Hmm. Well, then... The problem I have, the only problem, the only thing I would truly like, I'd miss the lyrics the most would be rap. Right. But then rap without the drums. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's like a, that's like a, a Gordian knot or hey, whatever they call it. You Matt, know what I mean? Matt, does, does beatboxing count as drums? Ooh. If you're making, if you're making the drums with your voice. Mm, I think uh, I but I feel like, pole. I feel like that's sort of cheating because conceptually they're drums, right? Like, yeah, the, yeah. you know, because then it, then it would sort of be like, if we, if we accept beatboxing as not drums. Then do we have well, then drum machines, right? Oh, They're not yeah, drums, yeah, yeah. but they they function as drums. You make in a track, point, yeah. right? So I don't. I think that would be cheating. I mean, I that'd be a good way that, to get by with something. Yeah, I do find it fun that you both got like directly opposite opinions on the same <laughs> thing. You were both so comfortable with it. Uh, Levi Frankham says, "Hey, Crossfaders, uh, think of your favorite bar and the type of clientele there. What song that you genuinely love?" Gets the jukebox, tur- jukebox turned off and you kicked out by the patrons the fastest. <laughs> that is aggressive. This really has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I understand slight, you know, displeasure of people in the bar, but actually kicking you out is a tall order. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, it is kind of weird nowadays, though, because I do feel like ju- jukeboxes don't. Since they went to like those kind of app based ones where they have everything, mm-hmm. it kind of it, it sort of lost some of the appeal to me. Right, right. Because it used to be kind of like you'd you'd have them, and then to be like, oh man, that's like we should listen to like one I used to like to play that you'd every once in a while fun is like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Love it. Yep. Which is like yeah. you know like nine minutes long <laughs> about a shipwreck. <laughs> like that was a favorite of mine to play if it ever because you find certain like old like dives that would have like like old seventies stuff you know with like a outdated machine you know <laughs> like they didn't have like the CD one they had like actual you know. Uh, that was fun. But now they're just, you know, like, you've, have you been to that thing where, and you can almost, like, outbid people and right. stuff? Right, yeah. It's really transactional to hell, yeah. I just feel like it's just, like, <laughs> playing Spotify off your phone, right? Like, I used to, like, where, you know, I don't know. Like, if you went to, like, the Triple Rock Social Club, which was kind of, like, a punk rock place, it was all, like, this, you know, misfits and stuff like that. I liked it when they had, like, sort of a personality. But I'll go with Record of the Edmund Fitzgerald because I did that, and people weren't super happy getting it kicked out but it's so bad i remember i was in a dive bar in northeast minneapolis um 
And it was the day that Carrie Fisher died. And for some reason, oh. they just played the um, cantina theme from Star Wars. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. All right, I guess I guess that's technically <laughs> oh, an homage you can do. And it went Seems on weird. for the next yeah. hour. They just looped the cantina theme. It's like, is this what Carrie Fisher would want? At least I assumed that was the connection. But that was... The- you know, I would, I would interject just knowing, like, what I know about Carrie Fisher and, you know, reading some articles and interviews with her, I bet she thought the Cantina band was like the dumbest fucking bullshit. <laughs> oh, and absolutely. The, you know, like she was ser- <laughs> like not like one that suffered fools gladly. I bet she probably hated like at least 50% of like Star Wars movies shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure she thought that was dumb as shit, you know? So <laughs> oh I don't gosh. know how much of a tribute that was to her, you know? Yeah. She was pretty no nonsense every time I saw her and very like, Side of acerbic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Remember when she wrote that book right before she died where she's like, by the way, I was fucking Harrison Ford the whole time. Okay, goodbye. Like, it was such a weird way to go out. <laughs> I just could, I really Queen couldn't shit, get over the CG, CG Carrie Fisher. It just took me out of those movies so much. I was just like, I can't. In Rogue One. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit much. It's just yeah. creepy. Yeah. It, just didn't, it was like, it was like they thought they were out of the Uncanny Valley and they were like really in the Uncanny Valley. Too, <laughs> yes. You know? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Even Disney's millions. Uh, John Jensen asks what is a song from a band that just ruins all of the songs from that band because it's so good one that stands out for john is house of the rising sun by the animals the other mm. songs are good but if he's listening to them he'd rather just listen to that song a second time yeah um this is one that i got from this show uh which is clumps from lydia loveless uh that song floors me like melts my skin off uh, and I've tried listening mm, yeah. to other albums from her and it's like, yeah, it's just not clumps. It's just not the same. I, I, I can't get over that song. That, yeah, no, that's a great song. I mean, that that's, a, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a fan in general, but like that, you know, that's a standout for sure. I'm trying to think here, Jason, do you have one? Oh, there's, there's a band, there's a band from the eighties that, you know, like had, they had a couple hits. I think they were bigger in like Australia and New Zealand, uh, called crowded house. And they have this song and I don't, like I've listened to them and I've tried to like, cause I like the song so much. Uh, but they have a song called don't dream it's over. Um, that you, you might recognize it if you heard it, you know what I mean? It was sort of like, like a eighties hit, but not a huge eighties hit, but it kind of sticks around. Um, and I've tried to check them out, but like, to me, that song is just like absolutely a beautiful song. And I've tried to listen to the albums on like, especially now that Spotify and everything. And I just can't quite get into it, but don't dream it's over by crowded house. Um, I love that song. It's just absolutely, and I don't know if they ever quite got back to that. Huh. All right. So Keys Case Moulter wants to know, uh, well, wants to share that uh, Girl Talk is one of his favorites of all time. Love the choice. Hell yeah. Uh, he stated, this artist has um, stated before that the name was chosen because it's such a pop culture thing, which matches very well with the col- with the collage aspects of the music. However, uh, when I would praise his music, people always get confused with the name Girl Talk. It seems that there are certain names reserved for certain genres. For example, with soft indie rock outfit Destroyer, not to be confused with grindcore metal band Pig Destroyer. Uh, What other (laughs) artists or bands do you find to have very unfortunate (laughs) names in that way? (laughs) Just like inaptly named, I guess. I gotta say, what it, it ties into this episode. Like, what is the band that you said that Prince Paul worked with before, Helgeson? De La Soul? Yeah. That sounds like indie rock to me. Huh. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I certainly thought that uh, Yola Tango was like flamenco music before this yep. episode. Yep. Yeah. Yola Tango, I think, frequently gets that. I mean, to me, the classic of this, and I've, I've talked to so many people and that when they were kids had the same big disappointment. And I, you know, I've grown into somewhat of a fan, but to me, the classic is Grateful Dead. Mm. 
I thought they were mm. going to be like Black Sabbath or oh, something like so badass. Yeah, yeah. Cause you know, and plus, cause I, I, you know, I heard the name Grateful Dead and then like, I remember like you'd see those stickers, you know, with like the steal your face, like the, the yeah, yeah. skull right. with the, the, like the lightning and like, and then they had that weird kind of like writing style, that kind of psychedelic weird crap, you know, pointy writing. And I just like, I totally thought it was going to be like Black Sabbath or Led Zeppelin or some like older, like badass, like heavy metal band. And then I was kind of like, Oh, this is not what I thought. Of. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I didn't even thought about that. You're totally this is right. Pretty the other thing jam too music. that that you know I think just like shows like you know like a great band overcomes it. You know, but like I don't think people talk about it enough. Is just how fucking stupid the name the Beatles. Yes, is. like B E A T, like beat. It's like that's a name for a fucking like 1963 fucking band that plays a high school dance in like <laughs> Iowa. You know what I mean? It's just like yes. the lamest, corniest pun. And you know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't know if they, they had to regret that when they started getting more serious. Cause to me, it's like, it's just so bad. I mean, you know, and like, I, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's a pun. I was probably 16 years old before I realized that it was a pun. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Same yeah. Here. yeah. Same oh, that's here. I funny. Mean, I, I just like, I don't know. It's always been just a noun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's just the proper noun of this band. I never even well, thought about it. Well, because you can't separate it from who they are and like their importance exactly. and like exactly. their music. But like if you think about it objectively, like some of their contemporaries, let's say like the Who is a cooler name than the Beatles. Oh, for sure. The Kinks is a cooler name. The Rolling Stones is a cool you know, like the Beatles is like, hey, you know, like it's just so corny to me. And it yeah. But it took me forever to kind of be like the other name that's horrible too, of like one of my absolute favorites, like Led Zeppelin. It's so dumb. Just because it was originally what L E A D, but then they did change it because people thought it was Lead Zeppelin. Isn't there some story like no, that? Well, it's a joke because Keith Moon from the Who said they were going to go over like a Led Zeppelin, which right. is like a lead balloon, and then they just took the the A out of it. But it's like lead balloon is just so dumb. Yeah, but I don't know. It's kind of funny how if it's a great name, like, and then there's other bands that I think like totally are the opposite of that. That like are great names that in a, even it's kind of a creepy name, but like Joy Division to me, like sounds like what it is and you know or like i don't know there's certain bands black sabbath obviously yeah yeah. it's a fucking amazing name perfectly fits their music but you know yeah i always thought the beatles was so bad it's like (laughs) and if if they weren't that good like you would just laugh at it you know what i mean yeah it's it's like a completely reasonable reasonable sensible opinion but i imagine like that's got to be seen as a toxic like powder keg thing to say in in any music circle it's like the the Beatles. beatles stupid name yeah. Are we, well, Jason, I was, I'm still going to do the kinks are the better than the Beatles I, I've podcast. Gotten, we've gotten some questions about that, and I'm looking forward to oh, you answering believe it. Believe me, they are. Uh, they are. In terms of weird band names, this is a weird path that I learned recently where Radiohead was named after the Talking Heads song Radiohead. Yeah. Mm. But then the Talking Heads named that song Radiohead. <laughs> Be, this is according to the actor, but Stephen Toblowski, like, Ned Ryerson oh, yeah. from Groundhog yeah, yeah, yeah. Day. He, He's a great character actor. I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, he thinks he's psychic or is convinced he's psychic and was talking to folks in the talking heads and kind of telling them <laughs> stories about hearing voices. And that's where what? they named the song Radiohead from. So the band Radiohead goes back to Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day. I, I believe him. I believe I, he can see the future. That is like. The best story. I love Steven Toblowski. <laughs> it's a weird one. Oh, my one. God. 
Because there was like every movie like in the 80s like that was set in the 50s. He was in it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just like a minor character. Because yep. he, he looked like somebody from the 50s for some reason. I don't know why it yeah. was. Yep. The but, like uh, wow, that's guy. an amazing... I love that story, Ben. I never heard that. That's a weird one. He was and on... Now I like the... He's on a Scott... Um, oh, what am I blanking on? Comedy Bang Bang. Scott oh, Ackerman. Wow. Scott Ackerman. Yeah. He was on his uh, Talking Heads podcast and told that story. That's nice. great. Oh, finally, too. This is a band that I love and I try to plug him and I always have to apologize, but... I think basically one of my favorite bands now for the past couple of years is Tropical Fuckstorm. And like, it's just every time I say it to somebody, I'm like, you oh, know, this is a band that really but, Oh, but I, but I did a deep dive on them. I listened to like all their music on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's like really good. He, he's like one of the best lyricists in the world to me. Like he's, he's, he's incredible. Like, yeah. Gareth uh, is his name. Yeah. Co-sign. Gareth Lillard. Yeah. Um, anyway, but they're great. I mean, just, you got to kind of like, that was like a band I would, I travel, I traveled to Chicago to go see them. Oh wow! And, and stayed overnight at a hotel to see him in like a small bar. Damn. And like, I but I, I like I went to the merch table and I just couldn't pull the plug or I couldn't pull the trigger on a T-shirt. I was like, dude, you're too old. <laughs> you just can't. Like, and they were kind of like this garish, like pink and shit. I'm like, dude, like you're a dad. Like, you can't have a trash <laughs> fuck storm shirt. Like, you're you're past it, dude. So Don't try to be down. like cool, you, you know. So I backed out. down. I bought a record. I bought a record, but I didn't. Nice. Have, so uh, anyway. That's ben, I, ju- I just got to point out, how does it feel to have taught Matt Helgeson something about some element of music at all? Like just the tiniest little piece. Of- you have no idea how good that felt, Jason. Dude, it was amazing. Over there. I mean, I'm a Toblowski head, you know, <laughs> like I'm like, I'm into him. That's amazing, dude. And everyone that doesn't know it, just like l- look him up and you'll be like, oh yeah, yes, that guy. Yes, you know exactly. that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know him. He's one of those guys, you know his face if you don't know him, you know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gibbler says, hey there, Matt, and brand new, never before heard of guest, Ben. My question for you is, if you were in the MLB, what would you want your walk-up song music to, sorry, your walk-up music to be? Uh, Michael's choice is Eminence Front by The Who. Absolute banger, and it exudes a bravado that he would want to impart onto his opponents. Okay, so this, is, about you guys? this is basically entrance music in the WWE, right? Same idea, or is yep. the walk-up music? Yep, same, same idea, idea yeah. Exact same idea. Okay. Um, I would go with the... A very cool guy's choice. Uh, the perfect cell theme from Dragon Ball Z, which wow. is super. I don't know if you want to play <laughs> that sucker for no, from YouTube. For no, for no reason. For no reason. Keep talking for just, about 15 seconds. We, I want yeah. to hear this. It's, hear it's this. about as cool as you can get. You get the cool strut. It keeps building. And this is from Bruce Falconer, who did the original soundtrack for the American version of Dragon Ball Z. But with Dragon Ball Z Kai, they stripped out all of his music, which was all kind of like techno rock and replaced it with more appropriate music but there is a strong fan base for this bruce falconer and this is one of his finest pieces from dragon ball z imagine just walking out to this this is exactly why you would never be a pro baseball player (laughs) i can think of more reasons well that too yeah kind of slow rumble start no big deal Fans getting excited. Slowly walk, glancing okay. around the stadium, pointing to the outfield exactly where you're going <laughs> to... I feel like ri- this is more like... Ripping off your shirt and absorbing somebody with your tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the drums kick in. You kidding me? Oh. Okay. I can see this. All right. This does hit. Thank you. Thank you. Matt, is yours anywhere near cool, as cool as that? No. 
Um, but it's the song that gets me. Like, number one, uh, I forgot who asked the question. Eminence Front, absolutely killer pick. It's got the drama. It's got the strut. It's got everything. The Los Angeles Lakers for many years used that as their uh, music. Like I think they still do when they go on the court. So very fine pick. I would choose something that gets me the most hyped of any song, which is Annie Up by M.O.P. Um, just like to me, this is just like like the hardest fucking song ever. Let's go. Attention, please. Attention, please. This shit here feels like a whole entire world collapse. Hell yeah. I can see it now. Oh, this must be like remix. Oh no, did I find the wrong one? No, it's fine. It's the same beat. I love the idea though, and this is something I don't really think about too much. But like, I mean, some of this music—it's to empower the player, right? Like, I just thought it was always for the fans, but I bet as the player, they're getting a real thrill of this for at least maybe the first year yeah. or two. Great choice. Great choice. So our final question of the evening comes from Tim Laro, who says, I've been listening to the Banner Saga soundtrack lately, as recommended by Austin Wintering himself on his episode of CrossFit. Go listen to that if you haven't. Uh, it is a truly moody and excellent orchestral soundtrack. Got me thinking, where are all the great new orchestral music outside of soundtracks? Is the genre just not that popular anymore? Or is it soundtracks that are overshadowing anything else in the genre? Ooh, good question. I would yeah, have no idea. Um, you know, I, I would say that I know a little bit. I mean, I, I try to check it out. There's, you got to always remember that, like, sometimes it's just like you're not paying attention, or you just don't follow it. You know what I mean? There is, there is new classical music that's being made, um, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy Max Richter, um, who who does some stuff that people might like. It's kind of a pretty accessible stuff, um, kind of minimalist stuff. But you know, there's there's a lot of like modern classical stuff. I think that you know, there's still orchestras that debut new works and things like that. Um, sometimes I just go into the Spotify classical section and look at the new releases and just check stuff out. But, um, yeah, so I think there is, stuff. I mean, certainly it's, it's like the bread and butter of, of orchestra as a business is still, you know, the, your Haydn's and your Beethoven's and yeah, Mozart's yeah. and stuff. And that's like what puts people in the seats. But <laughs> I do think that, you know, like there are definitely, I think the Minnesota orchestra, which here in Minneapolis is pretty uh, well-respected worldwide. You know, they, they debut new works and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think, I think there's stuff to discover if you're interested. Yeah, definitely. It, you know, it started as music for the masses started as popular music and then just sort of faded from that. And now it's still part of its own subculture. Like you'll still find it. It's just the way that you'll enter that you'll uh, encounter it in day to day is like in a Hans Zimmer score or in your favorite video game or whatever, you know, just like the channels have changed, but it's still being created. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's our final question. Uh, our community song this week was suggested by question asker Levi Frankum, who asked about uh, what songs would get you kicked out of your favorite bar. And uh, it is Movies by Wiseblood. Uh, I really like this song, too. So. Oh, yeah. I like I like Wiseblood. She's, she's got some great music. I downloaded this album on my way to and from J- Japan. Um, on the way back, uh, I listened to it like six times just on repeat. It's a great not-off-to-sleep album, too. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Levi, and to everybody who asked questions for this special episode of CrossFade. Thank you for sticking with us for a year, and thank you, Ben, for being on again. Yeah, thanks for doing a great job throughout the last year. There's so much more territory to cover, so many more guests to have on. It's exciting to think about, you know, the combos yeah. in the future. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And thanks, uh, you know, thanks for running the show, Ben, and asking us to do this. We appreciate it. And obviously, thanks to our supporters and everyone that, you know, kicks in questions and discusses stuff on the Discord. It's been it's been a lot of fun for, for me and Jason. So we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Peace. Peace.